Blog Talk Radio. Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, you gotta fight for your right! <laughs> And now, from the IMLD Home Studios, in its 11th season, you are listening to, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Now your host, Jay and Ray. Uh, I hope all my Chicago people appreciate my uh, tribute to Ray Clay in my opening there. It's uh, it's a little more egregious than I realize, especially listening on earbuds, but uh, hopefully the, the passion shines through and it's not too uh, too embarrassing. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast, here with you live on a Friday night, September the 15th, 2023. I'm Dre, he's Jay. I am on the phone tonight. I am not on the regular microphone, so it's going to sound a little weirder, a little echoey, but uh, we're, we're trying to get it done, you know, as, as best we can. We're trying to stay connected. That's the most important thing is that uh, everything I say can actually be understood and heard and that I'm not breaking up. Jay, am I not breaking up so far? Uh, you, yeah, your, your audio fidelity is obviously not what it is when you're normally connected, but I can hear you. Um, that, that's all that matters. As long as we can make out every word that each other is saying, that's that's all that really matters. Yeah, because a couple minutes ago when you called in on the uh, internet connection, I caught about every third word, which works for me because <laughs> I know what you're saying, but the listeners don't. Yeah, that's the problem we we have when I come upstairs and do the show at my wife's uncle's house on the on his Wi-Fi. I'm far away from the router, but. Nothing I can do. I can't do it down the first floor that's occupied at the moment. So got to do it old school, upstairs, on the phone, just like in the, when we first started doing the show when we had to do it on the phone. That's, yeah. uh, that's going way back, going 11 years in history. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, do you want, do you want to uh, take our uh, our guest call? I'm pretty sure you guys know who that is. If you want to just go on it. I do see. Oh, yeah. Somebody. Oh, that was quick. Right as soon as the show started, you know, especially mm-hmm. with our inconsistent start times. Right. So, you know, last week we were Sunday morning. Got that. Took us right up almost to kick off with the picks. Uh, tonight we're doing a little early because things don't always work out for us to do a Sunday morning show. And uh, we'll start out here. Uh, this, is, uh, this looks like it's uh, New Jersey. Hello, caller. Lou. Ah, you remember? What's going on, Lou? All right. Well, I can I can speak for a lot of Jet fans that were all coming off a high from uh, Monday night, even though we didn't we, we didn't think it was going to happen. Uh, the most improbable way that I could think of. Yeah. Hmm. 
Maybe if it seems to be improbable, the impossible can happen. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, it can when the other team is throwing the ball right to, right to you guys. It's, uh, that's, yeah. a, that's a quite the present that you kept getting there. But I am a little skeptic on how Wilson's going to carry through the rest of the year. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's the right person for you. I think you need to go after another, another quarterback. That, that sounds great. Who, pray tell, would, uh, would you go after? That's well, actually that's available. We got, we, we got fun. I mean, there was rumors that Tom Brady was going to come out of retirement, to that, but no, he's involved oh, no. with other school projects, and that's not, that's <laughs> not going to happen. No. Oh, I love it. This is going to be for the next five years. As soon as a quarterback gets hurt, somebody's going to, somebody's either going to want Brady or Kaepernick or, or you know, somebody to Kaepernick, come out of retirement. No, Kaepernick will be too much of a problem. He's too much of a headache anyway. Well, he hasn't played. He hasn't played meaningful snaps in football for six seasons. Seven yeah, let's go get so that guy to so, take this yeah, team to the props. No, I just how's he going to take him? Nobody's going to take him now. No, no, absolutely not. But somebody is going to float that out there with him, with with uh, yes, with Brady, with any of these people who were recently retired, Matt Ryan, any of these guys. They're going to throw these names out there. Yeah. Because that just because they have to fill first of all they have to fill you know twenty four hour news cycle and get clicks and yes. and you know so that's what it's mostly all about um, but outside of some kind of a of a big trade you know you got to wait a few weeks down the road here NFL has a later trade deadline now maybe some yeah. team that's completely out of contention just decides that they're gonna you know cut bait hey maybe maybe the Cardinals will trade them Kyler Murray who knows. There's a oh, guy. Yeah. Well, I think you should have with Boyle instead instead of, you know, Zach for the, to take over for Rodgers. I mean, because we all know Wilson's going to get injured again anyway. So that won't be long. So I, I think we'll win with Boyle. Man, asking, yeah, I, for, uh, asking for meaningful snaps out of Tim Boyle. Are you sure you're not a Bears fan instead of a Jets fan? <laughs> no, my brother's a Bears fan, so. Oh. Well, he should be able to tell you how bad Tim Boyle is. And that's right. Every Bears fan knows the most the popular most popular roster uh, player on your roster is the backup quarterback. So, mm. well, the backup to the backup, and the right, and then the third string guy. You know, it's like so. Yeah, I don't know who the third man up is on the depth chart. I think the Jets are going to make a move. They're saying the right things. I just think it's too yeah. early to just – they're just not going to grasp at straws. They're going to ride this out with Wilson. I see what they've got. They can't just talk the talk and then as soon as Rodgers gets hurt and say, well, Zach's our guy, and then three days later sign somebody, and then a week after that he's the starter. So you got to let this yeah. thing play out a little bit. Still, that's – Still look like the best defense in the league, right? Or you know, second or third best. I mean, if you could put them, the Cowboys and the Niners, probably all in a bag and jumble it together, um, as far as who's the actual best. And I'm sure whoever's a fan of that team will tell you they're the best. But those look like oh, the, the, the Jets week, will win. You can't go just by one week of the season. You can't do that either. No, but the Jets they had the pedigree. All three of those teams had good defenses last year, and nothing changed going into this year. It's not like somebody suddenly decided to play good defense. There's a track record there um, with those teams, and they look legitimate. It's just can they get the offense, and Zach Wilson's going to have to do it for them. They're going to have to use him as the uh, game manager. There's no other option. There's no magic quarterback they can go out and trade for. They, no. This is what they tried they to do that. with Aaron Rodgers. 
That's why they moved seven and earth to get this guy who tears his Achilles after four plays. So, no, there's no other magical guy out there that they can right. go trade for. Even if they do wait for the trade deadline and get somebody, who? Who in the world could they possibly get that's going to be any better yeah. than Zach Wilson? Zach Wilson's no good. I understand that. But the other options out there aren't any better than him. Right, I'm not. I'm not in a hurry. I'm not sure. Are you tripping over yourself for Jacoby Brissett or you know oh, yeah. some random Allen, um, as we like to call them here on the show? Because that's about what it's going to uh-huh. be. That's that's exactly what Tim Boyle is. That's all that's available. That's that's what you got. Correct. It is what it is. Yeah. So, like I said, I think you got to wait for some team to start off the season one and six and get to that trading deadline and maybe you can throw yeah. maybe you can throw a pick at somebody uh down the road or some some discontented player or or, or do something along those lines. I think that's going to be their best bet. Um they clearly have a playoff caliber roster with one giant weakness and that's the quarterback. Yeah, it sucks. I know Lou, it sucks as a Jets fan, but yeah. it- to the breaks. Uh, all you can do is hang in there and hope that uh, Zach Wilson doesn't. Yeah. Uh, the worst he could do is play as bad as the guy across from him Monday night and, and just throw up, you know, arm pumps for everybody. And you know, as long as he doesn't do that, you guys might actually survive and be okay. All right, Lou, we're going to move on and, and get to the rest of overreaction theater for week two. So uh, have a good evening. Thanks. All right, the one and only, no one like him, Lou in Jersey. Lou uh, sounds a little, a little, he sounds a little <laughs> dejected. <laughs> I was just about to say the same thing. Sounds like he's about uh, five bottles into the evening, and uh, I mean, well, you know, didn't quite know what to make of uh, the proceedings. Uh. It, there's, you know, you don't, you don't like go out and buy your kids a, a new puppy, and then a week later the puppy's dead, <laughs> and I think. That's kind of the the, the sadness. You know, so, so you have that euphoria of that win, but then now you have to deal with the reality, which is, so what? You won that game. Great. That might help you somewhere down the road, way, way down the road in a division setting or a playoff seating setting. But at you know what was the price of winning that game? Now, for you and I, who – uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Neither one of us had the Jets winning it all anyway behind Aaron Rodgers. I think you've uh, seen enough of Aaron no, Rodgers to know. I was actually he wasn't I was kinda like, the answer anyway. I was kind of crapping on the Jets, saying you know that yeah. I was I, I equated it to the Russell Wilson thing. Um, but the, I mean, they showed it last year, and this is again that's why I picked the Jets um, on Monday night. That did not have anything to do with what happened with Rodgers is because they they proved last year that they weren't scared of the Bills. They just they played the Bills different, and sometimes you just have that other team's number. And they clearly know something, see something, match up well. They're in their heads, but the Jets match up really well. And that place was just on overdrive, and you know that 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 setting. Um, then Rodgers goes down and it becomes a kind of like, let's win one for Aaron almost kind of feel to it. And they, they, they put the clamps on Buffalo so hard in that game. And I'm sure we'll, we'll have things to discuss. Don't want to give anything away, good, bad, or indifferent what we're talking about here tonight. But um, 
Yeah, we're yeah. definitely going to disagree on um, how that shut down. They didn't see shit. Buffalo's winning by 10 and should have beaten by three touchdowns, except Project <laughs> decided to start doing arm That's what happened with that. But that's, that's what he did last year against the Jets. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what he does. He did it against the Random the opponents. That's what he does. Uh, right. Yeah. He's, he's getting some Brett Favre in him. Oh, somebody just called that on one of these talking hits shows. Somebody called him Brett Favre. They're not wrong. Very hard to, to argue. They don't, very hard to no, argue. Because he's going he's gonna to have those wow moments, but unfortunately sometimes you're going to have those games where he keeps both teams in the game. And he even in that game had those moments. You know, the Jets tie it up, and Bill's just right down the field. <laughs> right. Like it's nothing. Uh, he, he, uh, if, he, if he doesn't put his head up his ass and start just throwing the ball, just gifting the, the Jets all these balls right. all around the field, no, they the, win that game easily. And I don't have it in my notes here, but the smartest thing I heard all week was kind of like that wow moment for me now because I was listening to one of the football shows I listened to, and somebody said, why, did, why didn't the Bills defer in overtime? Hmm. And I was thinking, because like, that's not your normal gut reaction in overtime. If you win the toss, you want the ball, right? We want the ball, we're going to score. But they're like, you're playing that's Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson <laughs> goes to the length of the field up. and gets a touchdown on you to beat you, then God be, right? Glory to him. Great job, Zach Wilson. <laughs> but what are the odds he's going to do it? So the odds are much better. They're not going to go the length of the field and score the game-winning touchdown. And even if they kick a field goal, you still get the ball. You still have a chance. Or if they punt, all you got to do is get a field goal and you win. So I was like, yeah, that actually kind of makes sense. But instead, you know, Bills go, they go out, and then they punt and, boom, punt return, game over. I mean, it's it's definitely uh, hindsight because yeah, when they and it won goes the coin toss, I was like, oh, yeah, it goes against everything that you're thinking in that moment. But when you actually look back at it and go, yeah, yeah, what were the odds that Zach Wilson was gonna go on the overtime march? <laughs> I was actually, I'd have been more worried about Brees Hall ripping off another seventy yard run. Yeah, probably. Yeah. They had no answers for him. As we're going to see going forward, the Jets aren't going to be relying on Zach Wilson to win them too many games. They're going to be relying on the ground game going forward. Correct. So. That That is 100% correct. But All right. We'll see if we have anything else to talk about in this. We get into uh, our awards. Yeah, we covered we a lot this, of uh, – uh, we, we started this last year. It was a big hit. Uh, I enjoyed it immensely. Um, really the best you – know, instead of just we talk about each game until we're – tired of talking about each game we we give out the hardware that's right that's why it's a two-hour football party for any newcomers listening in yeah we are going to recap uh week one in our unique way we're going to ask each other about the best and the worst and the smartest and the dumbest in different categories about week one and that's how we'll recap and break down all the uh, proceedings and what happened and the tradition that we started last year is that whoever won week one in the picks would have the honors of talking about their best and worst first. And that would be you. You definitely won week one by going eight and eight against the spread, which is way better than my five and 11. And I, I want to brag even more about the lion's win that I got accidentally because I needed it badly because otherwise it would have been four and 12. 
Uh, well, so thankfully, I'm glad uh, you pointed that out because you, you you started off the last show trying to rub it in. I was feeling myself. I was like, yeah. You were. Right. And I'm glad. And, and what did I say? I said, I am glad that you are so confident <laughs> coming out of that because after that, you went six uh, and two against yeah, we're me. Gonna, we're not here to talk about the We're not here to talk about the fast. Uh, yeah, I actually I, I even will, forgot will. about that part because I was like, man, which one of us goes first? You just throw – no, I forgot. It was – we give the honors. I'm not here the, to talk about the past. We give the honors to the person who uh, who took the week. I was glad to – eight and eight, and I felt like I survived that week. So there's no – I'm not – trust me, I'm not dancing on anyone's uh, performance here or anyone's grave as far as how good or bad our week was last week. I had some – I had some tight ones go my way and uh, some, some that I thought I saw pretty clearly that I was glad went my way and uh, survived. <laughs> that was definitely a, a crazy week one. So uh, one that I did, the rest of the week. We're not supposed to be here to, to talk about the past, but the first time we show, we're talking about the past. So. I am here to talk about the past, however. <laughs> uh, one that so I did that, see What clearly, was the best about week one to you? tell you what it was a game that i saw clearly and when i went go back and i listened because i always listen to the show you know after the games have all been played so on my drive to work i go back and i listen to the show and not only is i'm, I'm giving this best of the week to a player but i'm giving it to a player within a game that i could not have seen more clearly than i did and i'm talking of course about the chargers dolphins shootout when I said 51 was too low by a lot, I said that might be the lowest number on the slate. And you then proceeded to tell me that the Chargers saw something in Tua <laughs> that they figured out, and they were going to hold that. I am giving this to Tua because you got to give these best of the week as long. You got to enjoy this while you can. So I better get enough of these and give him his flowers before poof the wind blows too hard and there's no more Tua. Tua puts up 466 yards through the air against the Chargers in what turns out to be a uh, a 70 point. Hope you hammered that over, people. If you listen to me, you made some money. A 70 point shootout between him and then and the Chargers, where although the Chargers were doing it mostly on the ground, you had Tua doing it through the air. Tyreek Hill goes for 215 and two touchdowns and just an absolutely crazy back-and-forth game. But best of the week, easily for me. Um, man, 466 on opening day on the road. That I'm sorry. Who do you think you are? I am. That's right. That's Tua, baby. Uh, force, he man. is him. Four, yeah, he is him for the week. 450, 466 with three tutties. Uh, wow. Can't say enough. Uh, it's good that you can't say enough because I'll say some more. Because the best of the week to me was also the Miami Dolphins. Uh, striking oh, back. Okay. And, yeah. and showing the Chargers, hey, I guess you don't have us figured out after all. Uh, yeah, they, they really – uh, and, but I said it also uh, during that first show of the Chargers seem to have them figured out. Now it's time for Tua and Mike uh, McDaniel to answer back and, and the counter the counter and see what they got. And they did it. 
they they really did it in a in a big way. Uh, the fish counter the Chargers who, who shut Boy, them down howdy. last year. <laughs> Boy howdy, they they absolutely figured out how to uh, to light up the uh, the Chargers secondary. And watching the highlights, they I didn't watch the whole game, but watching the highlights, they did it in a specific way. Uh, they used Tyreek Hill on the outside. Uh, you saw L.A. safeties parked on the scenes and running very late to, co- to cover the outside. Like, oh, shit. I, I yeah. didn't expect them to go there. So they they did it. They they figured out uh, what the what the Chargers were doing and they and they counted that and they turned back the Chargers. So great on them, absolutely uh, to, to have that kind of uh, performance in Week One. And yes, as you said, to uh, have Tua do that uh, while he's upright and while he's you know able to not take any sacks and. Uh, you know, they benefited from uh, an inexcusable uh, P.I. by J.C. Jackson, the Chargers corner at the end of the first half with no time on the clock. He's just shoving guys no, you know, for no reason. Uh, and that set up a field goal, and that turned out to be the difference in the game. So uh, smart play uh, by the Dolphins, uh, smart adjustments to the adjustment by the Dolphins. And they, you know, they, their defense obviously had a lot of troubles with, with Justin Herbert and the Chargers, but ultimately they have what it takes to, to be the best. Uh, you know, I I was very surprised by that. I, I did not expect uh, the, the Dolphins to come out and, and bombs away with the Chargers necessarily like that. Um, but, but you had it. You had the over, and, and you were absolutely uh, right on with all of that. So the best of the week for both of us is uh, Tua and the Miami Dolphins. That is shocking that we you know 16 games are played and kumbaya already given kumbaya. already given the uh the same what that really was i mean there were some great performances and some great performances that benefited from bad performances is that sometimes what you get when you get it to like when you get up i don't know 40 to nothing game let's say uh like we got <laughs> on prime time sometimes it's two ingredients that make that it's one side being really good and it's also the other side being you know completely awful that this game though was a great game, and it was funny that both teams were both doing it in different ways, right? I mean, man, Miami doesn't get that last touchdown, and we're talking all about that game by Austin Eckler and the rushing attack of the Chargers and the balance sure. that they brought out. So, no, Tua goes on the road and gets the game-winning drive going back the other way. Then they miss the extra point, which leaves it as a two-point game. And the Chargers aren't able to capitalize and end up turning it over, uh, you know, and fourth down. And uh, the Dolphins hang on. But, yeah, gutty, gutty win going on the road to a playoff caliber Chargers squad and, and coming away with that W. Putting everybody on notice there. What was the worst of week one for you? Boy, there's a lot of places that we could go with this, right? Um you know, we it's easy, sometimes it's easy to we find that good one, but man, there's just usually that grab bag of awful that we can that we can pull from. Uh, but I, you know, I'm not I'm not going to do it as the way you did it, where you just kind of spray like ten things out there like you did last year. But I, I, I picked I picked three, and and I I called it the AFC trifecta of losing because boy, we talk about those that that round robin tournament in the AFC with the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Bills, and all Ugh. three of them had ugly L's hung on them. And, you know, the the, the Lions uh, escaped with a win in a game with the, where the Chiefs were missing parts, and 
That didn't look really good. Josh Allen, we talked about it already. Channels is in her. Brett Favre and the Bills, even the defense played fine. I mean, they were playing Zach Wilson, so the defense better play fine. Uh, but they find a way to gag it up in a crazy way. And then you have the Bengals. That might This might be the worst of the three. The Bengals go to Cleveland, and Joe Burrow, who just – and I had this one too. <laughs> I don't want to pat myself on the back. But mm-hmm. Joe Burrow just signs the huge contract. And then what does he do? He goes and plays the Cleveland Browns that also runs in the division and throws for 82 yards. I mean, that is, you talk about Mahomes and what Allen did, and then you have Burrow. That's just the cherry on top of the shit Sunday, as far as I'm concerned. Those three, all to me, worst of the week. Here's your chance now, after the Chiefs lose, let's take control of the AFC, and they both gag on it. Absolutely awful week one performances from those three top teams, top, quote-unquote, top teams in the AFC. Yeah, 182 uh, in the air is just terrible. That is, for a guy that just signed a huge contract. Wait, did, did you say 182? No, no, or? not 182. Oh. Damn. 82. Uh, that was even, even worse. Just 82? Yeah, that, that's it? 14 of 31 for 82 yards for Joe Burrow. And that, what near damn near three hundred million dollar contract. Um, it's almost a yard per <laughs> uh, per, per ten thousand dollars per yard. So it, that's that's awful. That is just. Um, yeah. Did did we have a drop? Did you have a drop in mind for works of the week? Because there's so many uh, choices we have. Boy, I I didn't have one. <laughs> I, I I didn't have one for that because that. What do you have for that? That is. Horrible. Um, I was looking down all of them, but uh, the first one I, uh, that I came across is a baseball one, so we might not stick with it. But that, that when I heard about those three quarterbacks, I was like, "Ooh, go fuck yourself!" <laughs> all of them. All three of them. You know, Damn. I'm also going to say, just from a personal money making standpoint, because I profited last week. I didn't profit huge on on my DFS. I didn't have any of those guys. I had. I made money with Baker Mayfield last week. <laughs> More than I made money. Thank God I stayed away from those three. Oh, man. As we always discuss, those are the ones that win. Those are the lineups that win. It's with guys that just you, you have no business using. Yeah. Yeah, huh? That's who always win. So uh-huh. what was the worst of the week to you? I, I don't have to say it because you already called me out on it, so I'll just uh, – I should just defer. <laughs> I'll give you the floor. <laughs> The the QB play in in preseason week four, all of it. Oh, yeah, I am going okay. to a whole bunch of different ones. Um, exactly half of the league, fifteen of thirty quarterbacks had less than two hundred yards passing, two hundred yards passing or less. Fifteen of thirty quarterbacks. That is atrocious quarterback play. Um, yeah, there's there's nothing to to. Uh, ascribe it to it's except that they took away uh, the, that extra preseason game. And even with that game, they were coaches were taking away more and more time from their starters. Guys just don't play. They don't, they don't get into playing shape uh, in August the way they right. used to. And so September rolls around and they look like they're still in August. Those guys, some of them look just, te- and, and obviously uh, 
Joe Burrow looked pretty much the worst of them because he hadn't played at all. He didn't play at all in, in August because he had that injury early in training camp. So he came out there um, with no time, with no practice, with, with, with no reps at all uh, against a Browns defense in, in bad weather. And, yeah, Cleveland was, was absolutely ready for that. But uh, as terrible as that was, it, it, it was just part of the group. It was just – I couldn't believe it when I looked that up and saw that literally half the league uh, couldn't get the 200 yards passing for, for the day. Half the league. That's – oh. It was a, it was an awful football being played today. In, in the yeah, and I mean we had uh, we had a couple of games. There were some rain or some weather, but that still in these in this in this league with yeah. these rules, you should be able to throw for two hundo even in the rain. Or you could just do project and do arm punts and hope that somebody comes down with it. And, you know, uh, so that was that was the worst to me. Uh, the the smartest uh, of of week one to you. And I but know I will say, though, about the smartest. Josh Allen at least did throw for 236 yards. <laughs> he did. Another 80 to the other team. You know, I saw a lot of football last week. And this is sometimes the smartest one isn't always the easiest award to give. And so I thought long and hard about this one. So I gave it to, yeah. But I gave it to the, I gave it to a coach in, in a game I watched the most of, so I, obviously I'm biased because this is the game I actually, although I did watch all the primetime games, but in the, you know, noon to 6 p.m. slot, because I had red zone, and then, you know, obviously I get the local game then at 3 o'clock with the Bears and the Packers. But I saw something from Matt LaFleur. To me, was the smartest of the week. That in that game, Packers-Bears, an extremely close game at halftime and, you know I always rag on these guys like I used to do the Mike McCarthy's and some of these other guys that they don't adjust and the Packers came out in the second half of that game and something snapped where they decided at halftime or they made that adjustment that said hey we've got this Aaron Jones this guy is pretty good let's get him the football and Aaron I'm Aaron Jones from the point that the snap started you know from the kickoff snap start of the second half till the point when he pulled up lame on another touchdown <laughs> um yeah. he was just so he just ran himself to, to ragged because the, the that offense looked completely different jordan love settled in had conviction on his throws and they they just pile drove the bears into the ground in a game that was really close at halftime uh they come out in the second half and decide to turn to their uh, that running game and Aaron Jones and you know they're hitting them on on runs. Then they fake a run and then do the play action rollout throwback all the way across the field that goes for 50 yards. And the Bears had no answer. So I'm, I'm giving it to uh, somebody actually making positive halftime adjustments. Matt Lafleur. Yeah, uh, good for Matt Lafleur. I, I I can't. Praise him very much, obviously, as a Bears fan. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, one of those teams looked ready to play someday, and the other one sure the hell didn't. So, good on them. Um, I, also gave the week? I also looked at a, a coach uh, for week oh. one. It wasn't the same coach, so at least we're uh, diverging a little bit uh, for, for smartest. Uh, you had the, that Browns pick over the Bengals, as you already uh, talked about. You had Cleveland to beat Cincinnati. That was the big, scary upset. It wasn't 
a huge point spread, but like when you talk about the the money and the handle, like all of it was on Cincinnati. It was nobody was betting uh, the Cleveland Browns uh, in that game. Uh, and Joe Burrow looked like he hadn't played in, in over a month, which is why I picked him. What? I, I, I don't know what my brain was doing. I, I talked myself into thinking that it would be good that he hadn't pl- played in a month. He could just go out and play. <laughs> yeah, right? I even had Browns. I had Browns money line. Right. And not very many people uh, had that. It was probably like 80% was on the, was on the Bengals there. Man. Uh, Jim Schwartz knew that Cincinnati had trouble protecting Joe Burrow, as everyone knows. Uh, he knew Burrow had a calf injury. He knew uh, that that put him down the entire preseason. He knew the weather could be uh, maybe a problem. Hey, let's blitz the hell out of the Bengals and not let Burrow play his, wa- play his way into a rhythm, play himself into a uh, good quarterback play, which is pretty much what I was betting on him to do uh, and everyone else that, that bet the Bengals. Um, and Cleveland holds Burrow to, as you already said, 82 yards on under 50% passing. Uh, Bengals yeah. never had a chance. Never had a chance in that game, and the credit for that absolutely should go to the Browns defensive coordinator, the crazy, mad genius Jim Schwartz. Yeah, 30, uh, 39% pressure rate um, in that game. That's getting after him. That Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, was, that was one of those stats that I looked up, uh, was, that, was that pressure stat. And Joe Burrow, as, what, is that new? Joe Burrow under constant pressure? It's almost like, <laughs> wow. It's a, shocking. But, man, yeah, they, uh-huh. they figured it out. So good on them. Uh, ugly game. A lot of ugly games. That was one of the ugliest. It, it was, and it makes perfect sense now after the fact, again, with the uh, hindsight being 24. But that's what yeah. we're all about. It is. And, uh, and sometimes that, that line between smart and stupid is the result, right? Yeah, it, it makes perfect sense now when you, when right. you, look, when you look at it. Uh, so I know I got the perfect sound drop for the dumbest of the week. So what was the dumbest for you uh, for week one? Well, don't, we talked don't, about... Don't, 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 You talk about that fine line between geniusness and stupidity? I give you Sean Payton. <laughs> who decides to onside kick to start the uh, season. And wouldn't you know, illegal, illegal putt. Well, they, yeah, they recovered it, but they also recovered it yeah. because the ball hit their player eight yards instead of 10 yards down the field. So you get uh, illegal touching. You do not get to redo the try. And uh, the it, it, this is this was the best. Uh, the Raiders that this this is a this just tells you Jimmy Jimmy G this is the Jimmy G experience right here because the Broncos then give up a ten play twenty nine yard drive <laughs> Jimmy G and the Las Vegas Raiders who punch it in and, and go up seven zero because they were given the shortest of short fields <laughs> thanks to boy you know boy genius Sean Payton no. who is apparently so afraid of Jimmy G that he had to try an onside kick because apparently deferring to the second half wasn't good enough we need possessions to start both halves 
because damn it, this is Jimmy G and the Raiders, and I'm oh come on, and of course they lose by one. Yeah. So I welcome mean, back he, to the league, Sean Payton. He was hearkening back to the Saints surprise onside in the I, Super Bowl, which worked. And yeah. It, it, it almost worked this time. This isn't Peyton Manning and the Colts. Yeah. You don't need to steal possessions against Jimmy G and the Raiders. I, I, apparently you do. Let him I, guess. The I guess. Uh, yeah, well, welcome back, Sean Payton. Nice, nice job. Put your team in the hole, 7 nothing. Give him a 10-yard, 29-play drive in a game that only featured 33 total points. And even with that, the Broncos offense looked markedly better. It still, you know, wasn't enough, but it still looked better than under Nate Hattie, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I still don't I know that's a very Russell low bar. Wilson, Russell Wilson, I don't, yeah, he didn't even hit five yards per attempt. Like, oh, or barely did, maybe 5.1. Just terrible game. That's probably two yards for it's in more than last year. Um, yeah, I, the, the little bit of highlights I saw, I thought that it actually looked like a, a competent offense for, you know, stretches, which they, I definitely wouldn't say that the first six weeks of the year last year. Um, so yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. I mean, he... He was trying. He was trying to be, you know, the, the genius guy. He was trying to be, yeah. hey, look at me and my big brain, and I'm back in the league, and uh, we're going to surprise everybody. And they surprised everyone. All right, they surprised their own team because they took <laughs> Oh man! So hey, like I said, sometimes the difference between success and geniusness and failure and stupidity is the result. And for Sean Payton, you try something that bold. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, the dumbest of week one to me, I guess I won't go on too long about it because we talked a lot about it earlier in the show. How the hell do you watch the starting quarterback get knocked out of the game after four snaps and still find a way to lose that game? How the hell do you do that? Josh Allen, you watch the superstar QB go down four plays into their season. You know the stadium is deflated. You know the opposition has to feel like growing up, and your response is arm punch, multiple arm, and fumbling? What the hell's wrong with you? He almost that game fumbled. That so... <laughs> right. He, he, he kind of bounced off somebody before he fumbled. He fumbled a snap, dropped it, picked yeah. it up, and bounced off and fumbled again. Uh, like he was trying to give the, the, the game away, and he succeeded. Congratulations. The Bills are up again. The Bills are up 10 and should have put it away at that point. And sat on the ball, and instead, he's just, yeah, he's throwing all these YOLO balls. I don't understand it at all. It was just, uh, this is so why he is so frustrating and so maddening, because he's got such potential. He's, he, you know what he played like? He played like a project. He played like somebody that's yeah, got that great was... potential to be a great quarterback, except yeah. you got to do something about that decision-making kid. That You can't do that. In that game, when the other team really has no chance to beat you if you just kind of take the air out of the ball. You don't have to do anything except, you know, possess the ball. And he just kept not possessing the ball. He kept yeah. insisting on giving the ball back to the Jets. And it was just, it was just, oh, just know, the one guy on the Jets. I'll give, Eric, I'll, give, uh, I'll give Allen credit here. I'll give Project some credit. Because he was contrite about it this week and said, hey, that was on me. It's my fault. 
I need to be better. I made the bad throws. Contrast with the guy on the other side in that game <laughs> who stunk out the gym last year, and then when they asked him, could you have done anything better, you know, to help out your defense? No. Nope. So <laughs> Allen knows. You could see it on his face. You could see he knew he was the guy. He was the reason that they were losing. So I believe he's capable of learning from that. If, if you win. if you can if you can wear it, and it's week one, and no, you know it, it, we get it. It's it's extended preseason. You played against a great defense. Own that and move on from that. Because tell you what, nobody cares what the Bills do in the regular season anymore. Josh Allen is getting to the point now where he needs to start winning in the playoffs. He needs to get to the championship game. He needs to go to the Super Bowl. Until he does that, nobody's going to care about what Josh Allen did in week one against the Jets. Yeah, 13-3 last year. That, that's great. We know you can do it in the regular season. Um, let, let's start yeah. making some smart decisions yeah, and, and cleaning last, up the game overall. The last two games he played that counted didn't go so well. Mm, no, no, not at all. All right. The uh, biggest surprise uh, for, uh, for, for week one. You know, I don't know what well, obviously, we both took the L um, on this one. I'm going to say Steelers, man. I mean, I don't know if it was the, is it the Steelers or was I more surprised at how crisp and how good the Niners looked. So let's just hey, look that up. what around. happened? Yeah, not so bad. Okay, Steelers, you played bad. There's reasons for that. I actually have a reason about that later. Um, I have another award for them. So I'm actually going to say my surprise was the Niners coming out and dominating the way they did on the road in Pittsburgh against, you know, TJ Watt and all those guys. And for a team that we expected more from uh, out of the Steelers, man, I did did not expect it to just look this good, this easy, this fast for – San Francisco coming back out there again and Brock Purdy just does what he does he throws his two touchdowns the defense dominates and man that that game to me of all the game results was probably the one I looked at and was like whoa that that one surprised me uh so I guess it's kind of kumbaya um it's I'm looking at that game too um but it it was it was the two games it was the two that should not have been surprises to me, wound up being surprises to me, uh, and that's the Niners and the Ravens. And I, I, my apologies to two teams who I respect and like a lot, two coaching staffs that I respect and like a lot, that I, I went against them, and I got surprised. I, got, I don't know why I thought things would go differently, that the Ravens would uh, somehow come out of the game struggling and they – they, they they still didn't look great, obviously. No, I was going to say um, they covered. It was the and they got me my lock, yeah. but that was that that was not crisp. It was ugly. Yeah, they played a uh, bad. But team. that that was the that was the opponent. That's why they were able to. They, yeah, they didn't do, do what they needed to do to that team. I was actually a bit underwhelmed uh, by the Ravens in that one. They let Houston hang around a long time. Yeah. Um, and yet I was still surprised that they were able to even put up enough to, to cover. I, I thought they would even, wouldn't even do that well. Um, and then the 49ers, yeah, that was uh, – I, I just knew the Steelers would give them a fight. I didn't know if the Steelers were going to win the game or not, but I knew they were going to just 
you know, man up and, and give the Niners an actual game. And they, they were blown out. They were never competitive, it seems, uh, in that one. And that was definitely a surprise to me. I did not expect that uh, at all. And I just – all I can do is, is offer my apologies uh, to the Niners and Ravens for, for doubting them. So, yeah, we well, were kind of a – yeah, that – Surprised, uh, definitely one surprise. Obviously, I had the Ravens because you can't you can't bet against the Ravens in Week One. You tempted fate. Yeah, yeah. I, I tried to break. Got, well, I broke the, the preseason streak, so I thought well, I, maybe I could. I don't. The you just tried to. You got cute. It's okay. It's Week One. <laughs> I did a lot of things wrong in Week One. That's just just one of many. <laughs> uh, so biggest letdown for you in, in Week One. <laughs> I mean, I hate to keep talking about this game, but it, it was the Rodgers Achilles injury. I mean, that is the letdown. You don't we don't we don't even get to see it. Like it stopped before it started. So basically, the Jets, the whole off season, all the hype, all this, they're going to be, you know, division contenders, Super Bowl contenders. We never even get to see it materialize. What we won't get to see what that offense could have looked like. Uh, we, we nothing. Cook, Hall, all those other guys. They now have a gaping, sucking wound in their offense right now at that quarterback position. And as much as I didn't think, I didn't expect huge things from the Jets. I just think for what it does to the to the team for sure, to the league. Think about how much how fast can we start flexing the Jets out of all these prime time games they were gifted. <laughs> that is to me the letdown cuz I, I mean and I'm not a big storyline guy, but this, it would have it was going to be fun. It was going to give us a lot to talk about all year. That's for sure. Not that we ever run out, but to me was that that was it's like you said it let the air out of the stadium um everything and then all that going forward now is just this is just going to loom over that whole jet season now every time you see the jets we're going to see them a lot this year that's the story it's not going to be zach wilson or if they bring in somebody it's going to be the four plays the three minutes and 15 seconds that we got out of aaron Rodgers for the for the 2023 campaign yeah, and we we didn't again. We didn't think that the Jets were going to be all that. Like this is a, a, a big sucking wound in their lineup, and it's a big sucking wound uh, in everybody in New York media wise that was going to yeah. piece off of Aaron Rodgers all year and talk about that and have something to write about all year. Uh, that that's what hurt them. That's a huge letdown for any media uh, market, any uh, network that was going to televise their games nationally, which I think this uh, Cowboys game um, uh, coming up Sunday is a national telecast for Fox, I believe. That's um, the 3.30 game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for everybody involved in the, the money-making machine, it's a huge letdown. There's a letdown for the league. Uh, all I can say is you, you know what JetBlue is. You, you know that it's a discount airline. You know that it's you know, you're taking your chances and you get on it, and, and uh, JetBlue got grounded. Flight 8 got grounded. It's a it's a 39-year-old quarterback you're putting all your hopes and dreams in. Not everyone is Tom Brady. Not everyone plays forever and, and avoids injury. 
uh, especially Rodgers, who was running around yeah, uh, and doing things that Brady wouldn't have done. Brady would have went down uh, long before he got tackled on that very same play. So, you know, this is what happens. You, know, you put all your eggs in, in the uh, in the Aaron Rodgers basket, so to speak. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm sort of laughing at it because, I, again, I didn't think they were going to do much of anything anyway. But, yeah, I, I understand it's a big letdown for a, a lot of people in the league, especially uh, Jets fans and, and man, poor, poor Lou, but uh, he was depressing. But that was sad. Uh, that was I, sad. I, yeah, I, I get it. it it's uh, it's a big letdown. I, I, I understand, but come on. And to what, come what off of a win, to come off a win and still feel that bad. Hey, again, I've heard this put a different way this week, and it was like, hey, you know what? Better now. Better that this happens to Rodgers now than if he's going to imagine if it's week 15 and he does this. Hmm. And your season is going well. So get the kid in there. Let's see if he's learned, <laughs> you know, let him grow, lean on that defense. There's plenty of teams that can lean on defenses and running games. I mean, you've got six teams in this league or at least more or maybe more are afraid of their quarterback. So, just put the Jets on that list, and they have the best defense out of all those teams. Uh, they, they may well do something still, um, they, but they just know they can't rely on the quarterback. That's all. My biggest letdown is pretty clearly my poor <laughs> Chicago Bears. Lock, lock uh, of the week, Chicago uh, Bears. Oh, man. They they didn't look ready to play. Like, what the hell? They They didn't even look ready to play football. Like, we're, we're looking at last year and how Justin Fields got a little better and a little better yeah. and sudden these records and stuff. And, you know, that's that's where the optimism came from is that he seemed to be acclimating himself to the NFL and getting ready to uh, to be a productive player this year and build off of last year. Well, he, he looked exactly like he did at the beginning of last year, like he didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know where to throw the football. He didn't know how to throw the football. It, it just – I don't know how it went, you know, all the way back to – the regression like that, but um, yeah, the Bears were supposed to kick the puppy, uh, as you suggested, and the Packers, you know, having injuries and being down with you know with Jordan Love, and uh, they didn't kick the puppy. They they got their their puppy kicked instead. Um, Green Bay continues the ownership. Aaron Rodgers isn't there, but they still uh, own the Bears, and that was oh man, that was a huge letdown. Uh, you couldn't have had uh, when you consider Monday night, you couldn't have had a better weekend up there in Wisconsin, except for a certain bar's patrons. You heard, you heard yeah, about Yeah, it's the bar that, yeah, after Rogers got hurt, they said if the uh-huh. they'd be free if the Jets lose, and then they all run up their bar tab after Rogers gets hurt, and then then the Jets win, and then they had to pay. So. And the Jets win. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, all, little, all those little, 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 cons- little conspiracy. Oh. Yeah, the only thing that really hurts the Packers is uh, they're guaranteed only a second-round pick now because Rodgers is obviously not going to hit his snap count for the season. Correct. That that would have netted the Packers a, a number one. But either way, you basically look at it this way, they got a second-round pick for nothing. That was a free pick. Pretty, pretty much. So, yeah, um, no, the, the Bears looked every – bit of awful as, as you can look, especially for both of us. We both picked the Bears because I said you have, you cannot lay an yeah. egg. In this game, you have to stand up and take, take, punch the bully in the face who's been kicking you while you're down. I did not realize Aaron Rodgers, I, I never paid attention until I saw the stat after the game, was 25-5 and five against the Bears. Aaron Rodgers was. 
Uh, I can't remember the five losses. When, when did we beat them five times? That's five I'm... times. Five losses. for <laughs> That includes 25 wins. One of those, of course, included uh, an FC championship. But 25 mm-hmm. and five, Aaron Rodgers went against the Bears. And now he's gone. You've exercised the demon. Everybody's happy. You finally get this guy out of town. And that that's what you did? That's what you come up with? And that's the cup. Um, I didn't yeah. listen to any uh, Chicago oh, talk. I did. It was Early, you checked in. <laughs> I did. I, I, I only listened to a few segments because you can just listen to certain segments now. It's great on the if you go to the scores uh, webpage down in Chicago and you just have this whatever app they're using, and you can just find the show and then it tells you in each segment what they talked about. So you just click on it and you can go right to that discussion. And yeah, it was it was bad. The calls were bad. The ad, everybody's attitude was terrible. It, 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 I get it because you're so sick of getting beat by these guys, and this was the this was the shot, and it was just as ugly as as it's as it's ever been. And I mean, the Bears even rolled out the the cover zero on on a play again. Uh, which was great. I mean, and yeah. on a which was even better because it was a dropped snap. Ball's rolling around on the ground. And, and Jordan Love just picks it up and then just chucks it to the tight end. And I'm like, what is he doing? And then the, the, the camera pans down the street. I'm like, oh, it's cover zero. <laughs> and the dude's so wide open. He's like falling over to catch the ball. Yeah, rookie tight end Luke Musgrave just wandering around in the secondary all by his lonesome. Uh, the only yeah, thing that stopped him from scoring was that he fell over from being so <laughs> wide open. Oh. I mean, it's, it, he fell over being wide open. Aaron Jones uh, is running so free and into the end zone. He's pulling his own hamstring. He hurts himself. And, yeah. yeah, and so public enemy number one for Bears fans apparently now is, is Chase Claypool because he was out there giving zero effort. Um, right, we got to find somebody. Yeah. And, you, you, and then, of course, it's the, well, we spent a number one pick. We gave away the first pick of the draft to bring in – DJ Moore, we threw him the ball twice. Right. And don't even target him. Yeah. Well, you know. So <sighs> it's it's a mess. Yeah, maybe I should have maybe I should have given the Bears my struggling instead of the letdown. But the, they they can probably do both. Uh but yeah. I'll give you the uh your your struggling of the struggling. Yeah, I didn't want to I, – I, I went positive on my surprise when I went with the Niners because I wanted to go negative here on the struggling with Pittsburgh specifically <laughs> This is just just blew me away. Their offensive line. Yeah. It was the worst graded offensive line by by PFF this last week. They they got the lowest grade. It was like thirty, which is terrible. Ooh. Um and I was like, okay, let's dig into my the numbers. Now I'm now I'm looking for why 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 was it so bad? Were the night was the Niners defense like that good? And I looked into the numbers for how bad that Pittsburgh O line was. Pittsburgh's offensive line gave up five sacks on the game. Okay. That's terrible, right? Yes. None of those, none, zero, were against the Blitz. Mm. So San Francisco played base and got five sacks of Kenny Pickett in that game. And we talked about Joe Burrow with that 38 39% pressure rate and how abysmal that is. 46% pressure rate allowed 
by Pittsburgh's offensive line against the San Francisco 49ers. That is struggling. <laughs> the definition of struggling. Uh, yeah, when you don't have to blitz, when you just send four Man. guys and keep getting home, that's, that's, that's a beautiful thing. That's what the Giants did when they won Super Bowls, right? That, that, that's, what the, that's what that team did. Like, you can get pressure with the front three, front four, and you don't have – and now you can play that extra guy back every down and still put pressure on the other team's quarterback half the time? Oh, man. Yeah. And that, that's how you lose 30-7. That's exactly how it happened. It's exactly how you lose 30-7. to seven. That's right. <laughs> uh. Uh, so my struggling, I mean, it, Joe Namath, struggling. Got to be the Jets. Yeah, I mean, they won, but come on. Yeah. I mean, you know, Rodgers tears his Achilles. They, they also went from 15-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl down to like 50-1. to 1. I mean, they just, everything went south. The, the game line for, game for week two went south, and they lost like six points on that line or something like that. I mean, everyone knows they're fucked. I, you know, you can call in and say that they need to make a trade and get another quarterback. Like I said, who are you going to get? Who is out there that's any good that a team would be willing to trade you? Like, yeah, all you're going to get now is you're going to get also Rams. You're going to get retired players. Or, like I said, you're going to get some team that's a dumping at the trade trade deadline who gives you a guy they don't want. So I said Kyler Murphy, right? Because the Cardinals clearly don't want him. <laughs> no, they, they sure don't. Uh but yeah, that, that would throw be a fourth round pick at the Cardinals and get Kyler Murray come you know November first. I, I don't I don't know if I would even offer up a four for him. He doesn't seem to be interested in like training and doing the homework and actually being a professional. I'm not saying you're going to get anything good. That's what I'm saying. There is my nothing favorite, good. My new favorite rumor is as the Vikings keep losing games, they think that the Jets are going to throw the kitchen sink at Kirk Cousins here at the Vikings and try to peel him off because it's his uh, walk here. Like this isn't fantasy baseball. They don't, teams don't do that. They don't take their star quarterback and they're paying $50 million and just say, Oh, we're, we're losing. So let's just, yeah, them. we're not going to resign you anyway. Now that would, that would be, that would be a baseball move. That would be shrewd. But right. Football hasn't learned that yet. They, they don't do stuff like that. Football hasn't figured out to get something for the guy before he walks bit yet. They just let the guy walk. They want the pleasure of cutting I, I, him. I, I don't. I, I don't blame him. I don't. I wouldn't trade him either if I was like. It's, I, I think because it's such a small amount of games, you can turn seasons around that you think are in the dumpster. You can't. That's you right. Know, a a, a three-game winning streak in football is equivalent to a thirty-game winning streak in baseball because of the amount of right. games. So you can't turn your season around in baseball like that. So it's a lot easier to just give up and say, "Well, let's trade something and, and get something now while we can." Yeah. Especially with the ex- in football. Yeah, especially with the expanded playoffs now, where you, I mean, you can get teams that win nine games to sneak into the playoffs. So yeah, no, sure. I'm just saying you're going to hear all. Yeah. I'm not saying this is what they should do. I'm saying this is the stuff you're hearing now. It's already the no, Cousins thing already has started. There's already I heard it. people writing clickbait articles about how Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins needs to go to the Jets. Everybody is going to be so desperate to get something on the Jets because one, well, that's not stupid. They, it's Zach Wilson. They know. They know. I know too. But what are you going to get? There's nothing out there. Yeah. Man. 
Um, Crazy week one. Yeah, so JetBlue Flight 8 is, is grounded and everybody knows it, so they're definitely struggling. So with that, everything that happened in week one, I kind of have a feeling where you're going because you haven't brought them up yet, but uh, Danielle would like to know. No, it's not where I'm going. I'm not going with the predictable uh, play here. That one team and one game and two players that made me jump up off my couch and not only yell who, but then also <laughs> in that game result, what the fuck was that? Puka Natua and Tutu Atwell. No joke, go for 16 receptions for 238 yards between the two of them against the Seahawks. That is that that is no joke. Six receptions for one nineteen for two two Atwell and ten receptions for one nineteen for Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua. If we talk about quarterbacks that only threw for under two hundred, Matthew Stafford with those guys yeah. threw for three thirty four against the Legion of Room. And the Rams blew their doors off. Go figure. That's that's the NFL. Of course, oh God, Geno Smith uh, goes for a buck twelve. Yeah, who needs Cooper Cup? He's throwing. He's throwing. By the way, to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett yeah. and actual NFL receivers. Means meanwhile, the guy on the other side's throwing to Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua uh, for three thirty four. <laughs> that was my what the fuck. <laughs> okay, but you can't say that you didn't know Tutu Atwell going in because we brought him up jokingly in week one. I, I did, and that's, so only, and that's only because Atwell? I'm a degenerate I'm a degenerate fantasy player. Nobody else has any <laughs> idea who the hell Tutu I actually had Tutu Atwell in some of my lineups. I made Good. money off of Tutu Atwell. So, but he, he's, come on. I'm glad you made money with a guy you made fun of uh, on the on the week one show. So I'm, I'm happy for, for that. And we both and we both picked <laughs> against the Rams hard. Uh, man, I I, I had no idea that was going to happen. Yeah, that that was that was a, a WTF. I, I agree with that. Um, no, you I just knew you were going to go after uh, after the official. You want to make a separate category to go after the official because that's how much they always screw up. I, I could have. I was going to go after the the, the empty hand play in that Titans uh, Saints game that turned that game completely around. What what a joke! But I digress. Yeah. It's, it's your floor right now. Uh, uh, yes, it is. Welcome to the game seventy-two seventy-one. I'm just going to go back to, to the uh, to the league opener, and uh, I was thinking about Project. I already covered him. Uh, but you talk about guys who basically lost a game by themselves. That was Project <laughs> on Monday night. And oh, to start man. the season, that was Kadarius Tony on Thursday night. Uh, the the oh, Kadarius man, Tony. That him. was the Josh Allen game. And this was the Kadarius Tony game, uh, that Chiefs uh, opener, that pick six for the Chiefs on a pass right in Tony's hands that he yacked up and yeah, just completely threw it up in the air for an INT for a pick six, several wide open drops uh, as the Chiefs are trying to come back uh, in that game and, and take the lead. 
uh, Danielle had to be yelling at the TV and all those things. The, the Chiefs win that game if not for Kadarius Tony. Just flat out, they win it if not for him. PFF uh, on their podcast said that was the worst wide receiver graded game yeah. they've had since 2018. The worst in five years. That was it. Kadarius Tony, congratulations. What were you doing out there? You lost the game for the Chiefs by yourself. What the fuck was that? I cannot blame you for giving that. I'm glad because we talked about it on the uh, on the pick show because that was yeah. you know we always have that hindsight of the Thursday night game you know going into the pick show. So I'm glad you brought that back up for the week one recap because yeah that ended where we started with that awful performance. But hey, that got even you one with everything your, that happened. That got you one of your wins over me for the week. <laughs> exactly. Even with everything that happened Monday night, it was still not as egregious of a WTF as what Kadarius Tony did uh, in that game. Yeah, because Josh Allen looked like he was trying. The Bills were winning that game by 10 points. They should have won that thing running away. Oh, my goodness. Ah, So, with all of that, that sets up one of the, to me, one of the best overreaction theater week twos you could possibly come up with because some of these lines are, are overreacting to what happened. Uh, a lot of the analysis going into the games are, are overreacting. So I'm very curious to see uh, how you're going to go on some of these picks. And uh, I, I know I definitely, and I mentioned it in my picks, I fell victim to some of the overreaction, but not all of it. But but some of it is like, I, I can't possibly pick this team going off of what they did. In week yeah, I, I mean, sometimes sometimes – all you have is what your eyes and ears are telling you. And all we've seen right now is week one. So what, what do we dismiss from week one and what do we legitimize? And that that's always the struggle for week two. And I think this is the hardest week of the year to pick. And especially this, I think this year, maybe the hardest of a, of a, in a, in a long time. Um, I, I, I definitely struggle with a lot of these picks. So, Oh, we're ready to uh, figure out what we're going to do with, with with some of these week two picks. It was it was it was a, it was a tough one for me. It was a, it was a tough go trying to make these picks. Well, maybe after the humbling experience that you had in week one, I bet you're you're set up for a bounce back week two here. Boy, I certainly hope so. That's the the nicest thing you've ever said to me, and, and I hope you're right about that. <laughs> oh, one more thing that, that we didn't pat ourselves on the back with. Did I not tell you to slam that Washington Commanders Arizona Cardinals under? And it hit. Yeah. It hit by one point or two you points. Hit that under. Hit. Yeah, you hit that under. I, I smashed the over on Miami and uh, and and the Clipper Chargers. Oh, the Chargers. So, yeah. So yeah. So so not just for us picking these games. Sometimes we give you the the juice on the stuff that we're not even competitive on, like you know hitting these overs and unders. Hey, when I feel it, I tell you. And I felt it. I, that was the strongest play last week to me was that under. And, again, it didn't hit by much, but it did hit. It did uh, hit. And you said you you made money off of that goofy DFS lineup. You said made, it made a dollar. I made a dollar fifty <laughs> off of my one dollar. So, yeah. It, it, made, it got in the money. That's all that that lineup money, the lineup with two kickers, two defenses, <laughs> and two running backs. The funny part is if I had flipped my captain – from Washington defense to Arizona defense, I would want a lot uh, of money. Yeah, because they got that that uh, bumble touchdown. Yeah. Well, they got that's what kept them in the game. Right, and they covered the number. 
Yeah. For me to Numbers win that state. One, one of my painful of, of victories was taking the Cardinals <laughs> to the points. Hey, you know what? They all count the same. Even if you're winning, if you, even if it feels dirty because you want to pick with the Arizona Cardinals, you want to pick. I can't possibly have a lot of confidence in you, sir. Because I went five and eleven, and I kind of felt lucky to have won that five. <laughs> That's oh. how bad those. Oh. Was, so. Well, we just yeah, and we did not do well on the ones that we agreed on either. And that's always what makes, you know, so it's okay when you give up three games to somebody else, but Hey, at least if it's one person wins 11, the other guy wins eight, you don't feel so bad. But when you lose, when you give up three games and, and you're stuck on five, that, that, yeah, that stings. Yeah. It looks like we went two and five in the games that we agreed on. That That's definitely not good. No, no, that could have no. definitely been, been better. All right. You ready to uh, improve on, on those numbers? Uh, I'm hoping so. 500, baby. Uh, we will both try to uh, improve on what we did in week one uh, after we have the plugs for the next couple minutes. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed at IMLDDre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason's on Twitter too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you can get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, come back to the show page and go through our archives or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps, including player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address, inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of Jay and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private, non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the express written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. Try to do better in week two. We got off to uh, the most even of starts to the week because Thursday night was a push between the Vikings and the Eagles. Smell and push. Uh, point line and the Eagles win 34-28. So, uh, basically, it was like no game was played. So, we starting with a completely clean slate with these last 15 games remaining. So, ready to rock and roll for week two? And we didn't disagree on the game either. So, it's not even so. Right. We both were on the Eagles. A... Eagles had yeah. that in the bag. There was an ugly sequence of events um, where they completely crapped their way out of even field goal range. Um, and touchdown called back on a holding cut. Just ugly. Uh, and then, yeah, Kirk Cousins does the Dak time. That's Dak time. Um, 
called up the stats in the in, in garbage time and got him got him the push. Yay, yay, sports. I wasn't aware of any of the details. I was very busy at the uh, Memphis Tigers college game Thursday night. Ah, and okay. And yeah, that that app that they're using, it's uh, it's a thing. It's a problem. Uh, you know, it's, it's a struggle, but again, hopefully the check will clear when it first comes. That's all that matters. I, I, you, do, <laughs> you do the best you can. Uh, yeah, I hope it's worth it for you. Certainly hope so. The rest of week two overreaction theater begins here in the state of Tennessee in Nashville as the Clipper Chargers come calling from the West to visit the Tennessee Titans, both teams at 0-1. Uh, L.A. has got some serious injury issues because their running back, Austin Eckler, is listed as doubtful with an ankle injury. Um, and Joey Bosa with his hamstring is a possibility to miss the game. He's on the questionable side. Uh, for Tennessee, uh, they have a serious issue with their offense because uh, Duke Hopkins got peppered with a ton of targets in his first game as a Titan by Ryan Tannehill, but his ankle is hurting, and he hasn't practiced all week. There's a chance he'll play Sunday, but definitely keep an eye out for that. He has not been practicing, and that's usually uh, a sign that he's going to be deactivated. Uh, Titans also lost two defensive backs in that game, Christian Fulton and Amani Hooker. Uh, Not a good team to be facing when you're losing cornerbacks. Uh, Clippers are the favorite in this one. Chargers are minus two and a half at the Titans. Yeah, normally I'd be a little bit more worried about the Eckler injury because he's such a huge part of their offense, and you saw that last week. You know, he's he's one of those, you know, he's he can gash you on the ground. He's an excellent pass catching running back, but against the Titans, who are normally they're pretty stout against the run, anyways. The way to get them and attack them is attack them through the passing game. Oh, and they're missing DBs. Not a good recipe for success if you're the Titans. Uh, I think the Titans will be able to move the ball. Uh, I, I love the over here. I got 45 and a half on this one. I think this goes over. I think most of that is due to the Clipper Chargers uh, moving the ball through the air. Probably a huge spot for Justin Herbert and those receiving weapons. I'm going to take the Clipper Chargers and uh, and give the points. Yeah, we see this one uh, exactly the same. I love the over as well. Uh, it's a terrible defense for Ryan Tannehill to bounce back against. So I, I would take the Titans if uh, New Hopkins wasn't already hurt because that, that's clearly uh, who Tannehill is targeting and, and trying to make, yeah. hey, you're my number one guy. I trust you over everybody else here. Um, but, yeah, he, like I said, he's hurt. It looks like he's not going to be able to, to make it. So uh, Tennessee, number one in run defense last year. You pointed out how good they are. Uh, Eckler being down, but uh, I think that just means more Justin Herbert fastball. So, therefore, right. it, might it, be almost ugly plays, for, uh, it almost plays the against the Titans. <laughs> right. You, they want they want the Chargers to run so that Herbert isn't uh, you know slicing and dicing them. So, yeah, I completely uh, concur with you on that one. Uh, moving on to Packers Falcons uh, in a battle of great one and O teams. There's your overreaction theater. They're one and oh They're on their way. Both of them. Uh, but anyway, we did pick the Falcons to, to win the division. Uh, Packers injury issue. Christian Watson, the receiver, of course, missed last week with a hammy. He might be able to play uh, this week. Aaron Jones, we've joked several times about him pulling his hammy while running away from the Bears. Uh, he's probably not going to play, so it's like to see a lot of A.J. Dillon running the ball for the pack there. 
Uh, Green Bay is the uh, very slight underdog in this one. They are plus one and a half down in Atlanta. Craziest line of the week. Opens up Packers minus one. Gets up as high as Packers minus two. And then suddenly shifts now. We've got this as Falcons minus a point and a half. A crazy line movement to see the favorite change in you know, that much point movement, you know, where that thing has shifted, you know, three, three and a half points. Uh, this could be sharp money coming in on the Falcons. I still think uh, this is a bad matchup for the Packers because they, they can't stop the run. They're, they're not a great run defense. I know they've tried to do things and they've drafted to try to, and against a team that was playing massively from behind last week in the Bears, and Justin Fields got off a few times. They still gave up 122 yards rushing to a Bears team that was just completely awful. And we know what Atlanta's going to do. They're going to run, and they're going to run, and, and they're just going to keep running because they hate their quarterback. They are afraid of their quarterback. <laughs> and if they're going to throw, they're going to throw to their running backs. Desmond Ritter only attempts 18 passes last week. Nine of those were to running backs. We we know what the game plan is, and and – you know, can the Packers defense hold up to what is going to be Atlanta just running it down their throat and trying to run it down their throats all game long? I think the way to beat this Atlanta team is to get up on them by more than a score, you know, because I don't know if this team is in Atlanta is built to come back because I just don't think that they trust Ritter to, to move the ball through the air. Um but their defense looked better too. Jesse Bates, defensive player of the week. They actually graded out excellently in all phases on their defense in that game. Again, again, that was against a rookie quarterback. And uh, it, it was that, which one is that Bryce young <laughs> that they played last? I'm getting them all confused. Uh, Bryce young, yeah, last week. Bryce three. young though, Bryce young only has one less start than Jordan love though. So while we're anointing Jordan Love for his performance against the Bears, I think this is a step up in class for the Packers this week. I'm going to take the Falcons and give the point and a half. Yeah, I, I cannot imagine Green Bay holding the, the Falcons down like they did the Bears. Um, and, and as you said, Atlanta is the running attack that Green Bay can't handle. This is what Chicago should have done to them last week, which is just run it down their throats uh, until they, they can uh, yep. take anymore. They um, tried early. The Falcons, they tried. They right. tried early in that game. They tried. Uh, but I think the Falcons will try and keep trying and try again. Um, the, the Pack can exploit the lack of pressure from the Falcons, uh, but I don't trust the Packers passing game yet to, to really take full advantage. I guess I'm making Jordan Love show it to me again. So that's one overreaction that I'm not going to fall for thinking the Packers are, are much better than they are, thinking Jordan Love is much better. I think that was more uh, Chicago had a very, very off day. Uh, so I'm going to concur with you and take the uh, the Falcons to run it down the Packers' throat. Yeah, that wouldn't be shocked uh, that Atlanta runs for 200 yards in this game. I wouldn't be shocked either. Uh, on to the Colts and the Texans in the battle of uh, rookie quarterbacks uh, getting their second start, and both got nicked up in their very first start. So. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Richardson banging up his knee, um, and C.J. Stroud has a shoulder situation. I think that happened in practice this week, so look out Sunday morning for that. That might be a, one of those surprise actors that you never see coming. Um, but Houston expects their receiver, John Mechie, to make his uh, season debut, but they will be missing two safeties, although it's Anthony Richardson, so who knows if they'll be able to take advantage of that. Uh, Colts are 
This is basically a pick them culture plus one at the Texans. Uh, yeah, I, I solely made this pick. You talk about overreaction. and Well, I, we don't have a lot of evidence with either one of these quarterbacks, so I kind of had to watch. I looked at both of those games that they played, and you had Houston starts off, looks competitive, and then kind of fades late against Baltimore, and then you have the Colts who start out extremely competitive and actually are, are they're sticking in there with the Jaguars late into that game and making plays and looking good on defense before that finally fell apart for them. So I guess I'm just going with Indy here because they hung around longer last week. I know that's a horrible way to make a pick, and I have no stats to back it up, but I saw more from the Colts than I saw from the Texans. The Texans hung tough for like a drive or two, where Indy stayed competitive damn near three quarters of that game against a far superior opponent in the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I was impressed with what I saw. Uh, they get Zach Moss running the ball now, third man up out of that backfield because the top two running backs on their depth chart are both gone. So we'll get to see what Zach Moss can do against Houston, who's notoriously inept against the run. Uh, that they are. Yeah, there's not too much to base uh, a pick uh, for this game off of because there's so little film on those those yeah. quarterbacks. There's so little history uh, of quality play with both of those franchises. So uh, my reasoning or rationale isn't any better than yours. Um, Richardson struck me as sort of the new project in that game in week one, like the, the guy that can take the ball and, and run it uh, but probably should be trying to pass a little more, but he's so quick to pull it down because that's what he's more comfortable doing, uh, which reminds me of a project back in the early days, uh, six, seven years ago. Um, and I'm going to take uh, Houston because D'Amico Ryans, if he really is that big of a, of a quality hire and that great of a defensive coach and defensive mind like he, uh, like he was in San Francisco, and I respected the work that he did there, uh, but if he's really all that, he should feast on, on taking on a new project light in, in Anthony Richardson and, and the Texans uh, defense should hold down the Colts. So that's pretty, pretty much my rationale for that. Uh, don't, make, there, don't make this game yeah. more interesting for us now. Damn it, now we disagree on this one. That's, that's all we do is, is disagree on it. I'm not locking it. I'm not saying... No, no, you know, no, I'm saying now I actually soft. have a reason to pay attention to this game and I didn't want one. <laughs> uh, from there... Uh, Seahawks and Lions, which is one I think we'll all be paying attention to, uh, the home opener for Detroit after that opening night yeah. win over Kansas City. Um, and Seattle trying to bounce back from their uh, disappointing loss to start the year. Uh, for this one, uh, Seattle has some real injury problems. They got their, they, they got beat up uh, in that game. They, they lost and they got beat up. They lost both their starting offensive tackles. Abraham Lucas and Charles Cross are both out uh, for this game. And uh, obviously, Jamal Adams still hasn't made it back from his ACL yet. Uh, but their rookie cornerback, Devin Witherspoon, is supposed to be up and making his debut. So at least they have that going for them. Uh, with that, the Seahawks are still the underdog. They are plus four and a half at the Lions. This is a rematch of my favorite game last year. It was that 48-45 game that these two played, which was the the – craziest game of the year. I remember this one so fondly because this was the game I made all the money on when I had Geno Smith lineups, um, which, <laughs> when everybody thought when, when thought that was crazy. Right? Why would you do that? Why would you stack up Geno Smith? And, and then I had Hawkinson who goes for 200 yards on the other side. I, I, I'm not saying I'm getting similar vibes, 
to that game um, being such a crazy shootout, you know, where it goes to 90, 93 points. Uh, definitely love the over spot on this game, though, with that being said. But I'm loving it the other way because, yeah, too, too many injuries, too many problems. Um, I think Detroit is going to roll these guys offensively. Uh, this is the Legion of Room. These guys just got lit up by Puka Nakua <laughs> and Tutu Atwell. So you if, you, uh, if you're looking for any fantasy advice, you, you DFS players out there, stack the Lions. I'm taking Lions squish. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to uh, make a sound effect with that one. You're feeling so good about it. No, um, not there yet. Okay. Uh, yeah, it should be a wild atmosphere uh, in Motown for that home opener. Uh, will they live up to all the hype? Uh, yeah, Seattle, uh, that was week four last year that the uh, Seahawks got them uh, 48 to 45. Yeah, that was that was a crazy one. Uh, really hard to imagine anything like that again by either offense. So I, I kind of uh, understand you going with the uh, with the over in another wild one. Um, but i tell you what, I definitely have more confidence in Detroit's offense to come anywhere close to that uh, than yes. Seattle. That, that, that old Geno Smith thing, uh, I don't know. It, it's not looking good, and especially losing protection on the offensive line like that. So uh, home opener for Detroit, all the hype. Uh, it's going to be crazy. So I, I can't imagine the Seahawks overcoming that. So I will concur. Take the Lions and give the four and a half. Uh, oh, my Bears, the uh, Chicago Bears at uh, 0-1 and might as well be 0-16 the way they played and I'm sure the way they sounded uh, on Sports Talk in Chicago. I, did, I didn't want to listen to any of that because I pretty much know how it sounded. I don't, I don't have to listen. I live there. So I know. We both know. Mm-hmm. Um, and they visit the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are off to their surprising 1-0 start. Um, in this one, you mentioned James Claypool, the, uh, yeah. the scapegoat. I, I, I wrote it down in the injury list just because of, of the rumor that he might be inactive. So I put James Claypool heart. Not that he has a heart injury, but because he apparently doesn't have yeah. any heart. No, this isn't uh, a DeMar Hamlin be... situation. This is No, no. <laughs> uh, not that his heart stopped. It's that he doesn't appear to have any. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, for Tampa, no cornerback uh, Carlton Davis. He uh, has a toe injury. Uh, with that, the Bears are the underdog plus two and a half at the Buccaneers. Surprise. So I'm a little surprised. Tampa Bay comes out, goes up to Minnesota, kind of shocked. I had Tampa um, in that one. Not sure I had him to win. I'd have to go back and pull the tape. But I know I had him stay in under the number because the Vikings can't cover big numbers. That's just their nature. Um, but only yeah, I think you had Vikings by three because that's what they did. Yeah, only given two and a half to a Bears team that just looked like complete also ran last week against the Packers. Um, I don't know if that is, if is this still the, well, we still think that the bears are going to bounce back and this is fields and what he's capable of. And really it's Baker Mayfield. Come on. It's Baker Mayfield. I was impressed with what Baker Mayfield and that Tampa offense was able to do last week. We talked about it last week when I made the pick, a lot of weapons around him. They have a, you know, they have a solid running back in Rashad white. They have, great pass catching options. And I think what's being overlooked is that Tampa still has a really good defense and, and they showed up last week against in on the road in Minnesota against a very good offensive ball club and, and went up there and stuck out a win. I definitely think that's enough for them to cover a field goal 
here against the Bears. I'll take Tampa in what I think is going to be an ugly game. I think three will get it done. Um, I think the Bears will equip themselves better and bounce back some than what they did against the Packers. Uh, but I think Tampa's defense is going to give them some fits. Yeah, you can't play much worse than that, that's for sure. No. Uh, I did not pick Tampa to make the playoffs this year, but I almost did uh, just because that veteran defense that was you know put together to help out Tommy and then help them to, uh, to a championship. Uh, the talent's still there. A lot of that, those guys uh, you know, are still very in the prime of their careers. I don't know if the motivation will be there from week to week because they don't have Tommy anymore. They know they can't win a championship, uh, but the talent is still there. Uh, my fear as a Bears fan, uh, sorry, I'm still a Bears fan, as objective as I try as I try to stay, is that it, it the, my fear is that it takes half the season again for Justin Fields to get it together like it did last year. He shouldn't have looked that god-awful and, and afraid to throw deep. I, I thought he was progressing past all of that and getting that out of the system, but obviously uh, he wasn't. That 3.6 average depth of target uh, last oh, yeah. week, that was – just that, that's Drew Brees' numbers. That's terrible. Um, and, and Tampa will blitz and pressure and, and make that number maybe even smaller if he's not careful. And then you got the Bears in their cover zero uh, against Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Oof. Um, it, it, it might it might get ugly there. You know, career potential between those two quarterbacks. So this is a little bit of the overreaction theater. Career. I, I still think Justin Fields is going to have a better career uh, than, than Baker Mayfield. That's not saying too much, but career, I'll still take Justin Fields. But right now, better quarterback right now, it's got to unfortunately it's got to be Baker. It's got to be Baker Mayfield and, and the Buccaneers. So I'll, I'll, I'll take Tampa and I'll give it two and a half. I, I feel sick about doing that, but I, that that overreaction I will have to go with because they look that bad. They they they, they, they had no idea how to play football. It was, it was terrible. Yeah. I, I get it. I guess it broke your heart. It broke a lot of hearts. Yeah, and I don't know why. Like I said, why when picked the game, the Bears do not get the Packers again now till Week 18. Right. So uh, they got four months to figure to figure things out before that that rematch up in Lambeau. Yeah. Uh, on to the Raiders and the Bills. We got to figure things out. Project gets the chance to come back six days after that debacle Monday night. Um, and gets the Raiders who pull off a surprising victory of their own. Uh, no Jacoby Myers, though. He uh, was a big star, the big receiving star of that game, but he got dumplings, and he's not going to be able to make it uh, for this one. Um, and they still don't have their defensive star, Chandler Jones, who's going through whatever crisis he's going through. So he's still uh, inactive. Uh, with this, the Bills are, of course, expected to bounce back after Monday night. Vegas is an eight-and-a-half-point underdog at Buffalo. Right, so no overreaction from Vegas on this line. Uh, you know, one of the biggest spreads of the week after the Bills lay that egg on Monday night, and the Raiders go to Denver, tough place to play, and sneak out a win. No, no respect. No respect <laughs> for the Raiders. No. Uh, in previous years, I would have locked this up. That has been my normal play. It's the easiest call right after the Ravens on week one is lock up the bills after a loss because they do bounce back. They almost never will lay two eggs in a row. I do think that the bills are going to blow the doors off the Raiders, but there's, there's just, it's the doubt that little nagging doubt. Mm -hmm. They look so 
out of sorts on Monday night that do they just shake it all off and, you know, give the Raiders the sunning that they probably should here? Yeah, maybe, but there's just enough little nagging doubt in my mind, even though I'm taking the Bills and Bills huge, to not lock this one up. Yeah, uh, you referenced Project uh, in the post game, calling it uh, same old shit, uh, referring to his awful turnovers that cost Buffalo that game against the Jets. So uh, he does know he couldn't stop it as it was happening, but he does know at some point he he has to figure out how to play dangerous without playing like that, like an imbecile. Uh, there's a very fine line, and he just still has not figured it out on a, on a consistent basis. Of course, I'm picking him to figure it out this year because I'm picking the Bills to win the Super Bowl. So maybe, and you can, we've seen this, you can understand that maybe this is the type of game, that Monday night game, that turns it all around. And from this point forward, you know, he plays smart football and doesn't uh, throw arm punts and actually takes care of the football uh, and wins the games that he's supposed to win. So I, I'm going with that narrative. Um, I'm guessing even if he's not great, he won't be as bad as last week. Of, man, God, he, he kept giving the ball back to the Jets. The Jets didn't want it. They were not trying to win that game. They were just trying to survive. And then Project just said, here, keep taking the ball. Here, 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 take it again. Here, take it again. It, it, it's another one. Oh, uh, so, yeah, I, I completely concur with you that they, they should bounce back. They should sun uh, the Raiders. And that I also don't feel – uh, confident enough to lock that up, even though I think they should win by like three touchdowns or more. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, normally, like you know, I would lock. I mean, how many times have I mm-hmm. locked up the Bills after a loss? It's automatic. And this time, I'm just like, okay, give me this one, guys. <laughs> then I'll then I'll think about it again. But yeah, you need to go out there and beat these guys. Yeah, by by four touchdowns. You got hipster Jay down you a little bit now. Come on, that's your biggest fan. I was out on the bills before it was going. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Kansas City and Jacksonville. I have them in the Super Bowl, too. I just have them losing. So take that right. for what it's worth. So, well, you, you, you clearly still believe. You, you both got them overcoming the Chiefs and the, and the Bengals and the Jets and everybody else. Uh, speaking of the Chiefs, they go to the Jaguars. Should be a very interesting game. The Chiefs, of course, 0-1 coming off of the league opener. And the Jaguars 1-0 coming off of a very curious game uh, in Indianapolis where it looked for most of the game like they were going to uh, get upset. And they wind up winning by 10 at the end. So yeah. one of those weird ones. Uh, Jags are back home in the uh, in the Beruta Triangle in Jacksonville where anything can happen. Uh, they get their right guard Brendan Scherf back from an ankle injury, and they're going to need all hands on deck because Chris Jones is back on the block for Kansas City, finally uh, coming off of his uh, holdout. Uh, and Travis Kelsey, too. Oh, by the way, Travis Kelsey looks to be ready to come back and play. Even if it's a, as a decoy, uh, it does look like he'll be able to be activated and play in this game. And with that, probably because of that, the Chiefs are the favorite in this one, minus three and a half at the Jaguars. Yeah, you know, the Jags, to me, look like that team. There were a few of these last week. It's week one. You're playing – so did Baltimore. Uh, called them out, too. The, the, there were a few teams that – and the Bears, I hate to say, showed up expecting uh, to win. They, they did. They they, uh, they bought the press, and some of these teams, I think, were just like, hey, that's it. We're playing terrible opponents, and oh, oh shit, we're in a game, you know. 
And it's like, and Baltimore adjusted. Of course, the Bears never adjusted because they were a three-win team last year. And the Jags, they adjusted. And I really was impressed by what they were doing. I mean, Calvin Ridley just adding a weapon to that receiving core now. And now so that is, I mean, man, Patrick Mahomes is going to be looking at what Trevor Lawrence is working with on the receiving side and be jealous because, I mean, he, he's got a stable. He's got Ridley. He's got Kirk. He's got Zay Jones. He's got Evan Ingram. He's got weapons out on the edges. They've, they're building this team around Trevor Lawrence and doing exactly what you should do. And then you got Patrick Mahomes who's just kind of throwing it to, to guys. And they still should have won that game last week, throwing it to guys. So I, I God, I don't know what to expect because this is Jacksonville. Crazy things are going to happen here. I'm taking the points. I'm taking that hook because I could see the Chiefs going in there and escaping with a win. But if I can take the Jags losing by a field goal and win the pick, I'm doing it. I'm taking Jacksonville here with that hook. Yeah, I can't blame you for that. Uh, KC getting their star players back uh, is, is such a huge deal. I, I Even with uh, Kadarius Tony doing what he did, I think if they have Travis Kelsey, they still win that game because Mahomes is able to just say, okay, you're, uh, it's not your night, not uh, Tony. Let me just, <laughs> yeah, let me just ignore you and go to my, to my check down guy. Uh, they they got to be highly motivated to not start 0-2. Uh, yep. It will be a real message to the AFC if the Jaguars do take them down and, and make them go 0-2. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, I think Chris Jones being back, I know he's not going to play you know full snaps because he uh, hasn't played at all, uh, but he needs to rattle Trevor Lawrence or else it'll be a shootout. Or else it'll be you know up and down the field all day, and they really will be at, at, at a big risk of, of getting caught at the end by the Jags. Uh, you know the Jags want to get revenge. You know they want to get back at the Chiefs after falling short in the playoffs going out to Kansas City. Um, and they played them tough in that one too, but, but came up just short. Uh, I'm taking KC. I'm giving a three and a half. I, I don't feel really good about it. Uh, I just it's basically off of Mahomes gets his, his Hall of Famer back at tight end, um, and KC is going to feel the pressure because they don't want to start 0-2. So they, they've had the extra – days to, to ruminate about it and rest up and, and uh, get a game plan together and, and take down the Jags. Um, it's, it's still in Jacksonville. It's still in the black hole. So crazy shit happens. Uh, but I'm going to take KC and give the three and a hook. Uh, AFC North action, Ravens and Bengals. Baltimore uh, started as, as well as you can start without actually playing good football. Um, and the Bengals started about as bad as you can start playing as bad a football as you can play, just, you know, this side north of the Giants anyway. Uh, for this one, uh, Baltimore, uh, the number of injuries that they suffered uh, in getting that win, like I don't know if I've ever seen a team get that beat up coming off of a victory. Like usually when you get beat up um, and, and lose player, multiple players because you're getting, you know, ran over and steamrolled by the other team, but that wasn't the case. But, uh, the Ravens, of course, lost J.K. Dobbins, their starting running back, uh, yeah. the most famous torn Achilles uh, before Monday night anyway. Um, they will not have uh, Marvin, Marlon Humphrey from the defensive backfield, Marcus Williams, uh, I think Torres Peck. Um, they lost several offensive linemen in that game. Uh, but, hey, Mark Andrews is back up, so they, at least they'll get their tight end starting uh, for this game against Cincinnati. Uh, 
Raven, the, the Bengals are expected to bounce back here. Uh, Ravens are the underdog plus three and a half at the Bengals. Yeah, hooks always scare you, especially in a division game like this. You expect it to be very competitive, but for the same reason that you took the Chiefs, I'm taking the Bengals, which is you cannot go down 0-2. So Ravens, even though they looked a little discombobulated, they did take care of business against Houston. This is a big step up in class for them. I think the Bengals are coming back looking go home. They just got embarrassed by the Browns. I think they come out more highly motivated. I still think they're the better team out of these. I had the Ravens missing the playoffs. I think you did too. Um, you know, Joe Burrow, another week to – he came out of that game pretty well, relatively unscathed. Another week for the calf to heal. Another week of practice. I think it's going to look a lot better. They're at home here. I'm going to take Cincinnati. I'm going to give the three and a hook. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, the Bengals got to look better than they did against the Browns. You can't look any worse. I uh, would love Baltimore to keep Joe Burrow from getting back on track. Um, if the Ravens D didn't get beat to hell in their first game. Uh, but even with that, uh, it, it, Baltimore's new offense wasn't setting off any fireworks either. But the, the Zay Flowers did shine, though. He did look very, really good. Um, I think the, the big factor will be that Cincinnati lack of protection. I know uh, the Ravens are not Miles Garrett and the Browns, but they, they do have some guys that can, that can get after – the quarterback, and I think that's going to be the, the, the big sign again is we can't protect Joe Burrow, especially uh, with him having no game action. He, he got got the rust off last week and got some game action, uh, but is that enough? Is, will, it, will that be enough for him to come back in week two and look much markedly better than he did in week one? Uh, the betting public thinks he will, and you think he will. I doubt it. It's just the, the lack of protection, uh, division opponent, the Ravens know his weakness, they'll get after him. Um, and I kind of probably feel like I'm doing this out of uh, like an apology to John Harbaugh and the big NBA <laughs> and the Ravens for not locking them up last week, which I should have done. So I'm going to write that wrong. I apologize. Wow. I'm sorry. Lo siento. Uh, I apologize to the Ravens and Raven Nation. I'm taking uh, the three and a half and I'm locking them up because even if they don't come all the way and, and win the game and fall just short, I still get the lock if they lose by a field goal. You are making amends. I am. To the, uh, to the Raven football gods. Uh, and, of course, that would make perfect sense if they came out and, and gagged it up uh, the week after finding a way to win and cover. Because that would absolutely be sorry. All right, on to the uh, late games. I have to ask my, my conciliere, uh, have I covered all the early games? Yes, you're going right down the list, perfect order, right off my sheet, right off of the BetMGM cover, yeah, all of it's perfect. Lines are good. Right. I mean, this is, this is smooth. All right, I am allowed to move on to late afternoon action. Let's go to the desert and the Giants visiting the Cardinals. Uh, both teams 0-1 looking for that first win. Uh, Giants uh, have their left tackle, uh, Andrew Thomas, with a hamstring. He'll be a game-time decision in that one. Uh, small spread here. Giants are minus four at the Cardinals. 
I believe that this is what you get when you get your doors blown off 40 to nothing by the Cowboys is a team that you should probably be a seven or seven and a half point favorite against. You've only got to give four to, um, I'm taking the giants here. I think this is a, a bounce back, get right, whatever you want to call it kind of spot for them. No way that either opponent in that game with Dallas and the giants are as good as the Cowboys looked or as bad as the Giants looked. And you know who is bad? The Arizona Cardinals. They're atrocious. I know they covered last week. This is a much better squad, especially offensively. Saquon Barkley, give them the ball, throw them the ball, finally get those receivers involved. You're not playing the Dallas Cowboys. and that You're not going to be down 26 nothing at halftime. Just go down to the desert, take care of business. It's Josh Dobbs, for Christ's sake. <laughs> yes, quite quite the fall in quality uh, from Dallas yes. to Arizona. I'm, pr- I'm I'm proud of both of us, but I'm taking the Giants and giving the four as well. That is t- very much overreaction theater to see the Giants get beat forty to nothing and come back the next week and and pick against them. And they're playing a team that was competitive in, in the Cardinals who covered their spread. Uh, it, it would be overreaction to say, oh, the Cardinals must be much better than we did. No. No, they're, they're <laughs> yeah, we not, no, we're not falling for that one. No, we're not falling for the banana in the tailpipe. So we're both giving the Giants and giving the four. Uh, San Francisco and the L.A. Rams. Now, this spread's a little more interesting because uh, the Rams were much better than I think any of us thought they had any right to be. Um, and they're back home now uh, at SoFi. Um, and the 49ers on the road again for the second week in a row. But they were awesome in their game uh, at Pittsburgh. Um, so you wouldn't necessarily expect the, the spread to be this huge in favor of the road team, but uh, the public is definitely loving on the 49ers. They are minus seven and a half at the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. I Speaking of not falling for things, I'm not falling for <laughs> what we saw from the Rams last week. Um, I'm not falling for Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell and, and, the statue, the human statue now, Matthew Stafford, to stand back there against that 49ers defensive line that generated almost 50% pressure without having to blitz, and they're now going up against that guy who cannot move. Like, hey, everybody, let's meet at Matthew Stafford. I'm not falling for that. I don't care if did you say the Rams are at home. They probably have the worst home field advantage of all of the teams in pro sports. Nobody cares about the Rams in L.A. They didn't care when they were good. (laughs) 49ers, lock them up. Wow. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, uh, you're not falling for Hakuna Matata. Yeah, I I didn't think you were going to. you know, I, I don't know how long Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay can turn back the clock. I, it's it was a great story for week one that they were able to do that. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep this up. And the sad part is this would be a great matchup if they're, if they're up for it, if they want to, uh, because we thought this was going to be, you know, Sean McVay versus Kyle Shanahan. We thought this was going to be the mental – of gymnastics bowl for the next, you know, five, 10 years in this division. We thought they were going to be battling uh, all the time, but uh, the Rams just physically have, have broken down. Their veterans have, uh, for the most part, disappeared. Uh, you know, we uh, got Cooper Cup just not 
being able to to make to take the field and going on injured reserve and uh, it'd be a much more interesting matchup if uh, if Saffer had all his weapons uh, and, and was able to get some protection. But yeah, it's, uh, Niners have won actually, I believe, eight straight over the Rams. I think if I if I heard that correctly in my uh, podcast listening leading up to uh, to the show. Um, I didn't know they had dominated them like that, and uh, I, I'm, I'm, I got to concur with you and say that they uh, that they keep that going. I, I don't believe in Puka Nakua uh, Hakuna Matata either. So. <laughs> I'm sure he was the, the favorite pickup in every fantasy league this week. But, oh yeah, uh, I, absolutely. I didn't he was the number one pickup in fantasy this week, which is usually after week one, not a good sign. Usually the kiss of death. They usually come back and give you like three. That's right. We'll see. Uh, On to the Jets and the Cowboys. Speaking of kiss of death, uh, the first game after the catastrophic Aaron Rodgers injury, um, they did come back and win the game Monday night, as we chronicled, but boy, I tell you, uh, they they should have and could have easily lost that one. Um, Obviously, uh, Rodgers down, and it's uh, Zach Wilson's team. He's the man again uh, after all heaven and earth that they moved to try to get somebody to replace uh, the milk fucker himself, Zach Wilson. Uh, after all that, he's back. He's back under the saddle. He's the guy. He's the leader. He's the guy we believe in all along. I saw Robert Sala playing that game in the media talking about oh, he's sure. our guy. He's the man. Come on. Yeah, everyone knows you, you didn't want anything to do with him. Everyone knows. But that's what you got to do when you're in that position. So it's understandable. Uh, for the Cowboys, Brandon Cooks, the receiver, is the game-time decision uh, with a knee injury. Uh, this is the biggest spread of the week. It was not when the leaks uh, started on Sunday and Monday, but, of course, with the injury. Uh, Jets are now plus nine at the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, so, is, you know, other than the offenses, for defense, it's the Spider-Man meme. This is the number two and the number three graded uh, PFF defense from last week. And like I was saying when Lou called, that these were great defenses last year. They're going to continue to be great defenses. Uh, Niners, by the way, were the top-graded one. Go shocker. Um, yeah. But, I mean, so the question becomes, when you have two defenses that are playing at that level, and the Jets, are they know their backs are against the wall, that, that, that the onus is going to be on that defense. Can the Cowboys do enough to exploit that Jets defense? And can they do it enough to cover nine? I mean, I, I like the under on this game, and that sort of informed my pick because you've only got a 38-and-a-half point over-under, and I'm telling you to smash the under on this one makes it really hard for a team to cover nine on that kind of a total. I mean, obviously they could. I mean, it could be 28 nothing for all we know, and the Jets can valiantly Just play defense. <laughs> But but if but if Zach Wilson's you know crap in the bed for the whole game, sure that can happen. But I think that the I think the Jets will compete. I think they stay under the number, um, taking the Jets in the points. Might be a bit of a that might be the upset pick. Who knows? Right now, it is. That's the biggest spread of the week. Obviously, people yeah. are, are slamming and throwing money all over the Cowboys. Um, not just for what happened with the with Aaron Rodgers, but also also the Cowboys just. Smash the, the New York team forty to nothing. Yeah. Will this be another shutout of a, of a New York team? Because <laughs> they could shut out uh, Zach Wilson just as easily as they did Danny Dimes, I think. Um, yeah, I, I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm giving the nine. I, I think they're gonna uh, piss all over Zach Wilson and the Jets. And, and, <laughs> and, 
I don't think it's going to be close. I mean, this is what, and, and obviously I'm not a Cowboys lover, and they but should. this is what they do. And they should. They should. That's what they do. They, they take the teams uh, that they're supposed to piss all over, and they piss all over. It's the teams that actually fight back against them, that's a problem. So, uh, But I don't think the, the Jets are going to be a problem. Uh, on to the Commanders and the Broncos. Washington at 1-0, Denver at 0-1, uh, despite the geniusness of their coach, uh, Sean Payton. Uh, Chase Young is active. I don't know how much he's going to play for Washington, but they do get their uh, defensive end. Uh, looks like he's going to be activated uh, for Denver. They lost their tight end, Greg Boltzich, already with a hamstring injury. But Jerry Judy did not play because of a hamstring, uh, but he should make his debut uh, on Sunday. Uh, in this one, Washington, a very slight underdog, plus three and a hook at Denver. Uh, yeah, you, you seemed more complimentary of Denver than from what I saw with their offense. I didn't think that they looked all that great. I thought Russell Wilson was still horribly inefficient, terrible yards per attempt again. Um, the running game was meh at best. They didn't really do much on the ground where they were expected to do things, and they did that against a very underwhelming Raiders squad. Well, nope. I think underwhelming and Washington are synonymous with each other with this team because there's really nothing that exciting about this team either. But I don't trust Denver to cover three and a hook against anybody. I'm taking the points. Give me Washington. Love that hook. Okay. Yeah, I, again, the, the bar is so low that they look better than they did under Nathaniel Hackett. It's not really saying much. Uh, but they did look better. Javante Williams had some runs, and uh, I, I think they are. It's the first game under Sean Payton, so I think they're whatever they're going to be building. That was the building block of it, and they'll uh, be able to go from there. Um, I'm not taking Denver in this one necessarily because I think their offense is that great. I think the Denver D needs to win this one for for Russ and for for Sean Payton. I think uh, both their reputations are, are on the line, and 0 and 2 would really. Uh, make them sort of the laughing stock, uh, especially two games at home. Uh, so I'm going to uh, take Denver, give the three and a half. I think the D will come through and hold Sam Howell because I don't think that's really anything to be afraid of. I hope you're right because the uh, big mistake that we made last year was we didn't jump off the Broncos fast enough. And I saw what I needed yeah, well, to see last week. I'm off. <laughs> Here you go. Here's the reins. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll hang on one more week. Uh, on Sunday nights in the AFC East, it's the Dolphins and the Patriots, and the Dolphins somehow surviving that shootout with the Chargers uh, going against the Patriots, who looked like they didn't belong with the Eagles for like the first half, but they uh, hung in there and they actually gave them a fight in the second half and, and actually finished closer in that game than I think a lot of people would have thought they would. Uh, for this one, uh, Tua, I don't have an injury note, but I just note that hey, it, it's still attractive. Every time we bring it up, Tua's never lost to Bill Belichick. I don't know what's going on. He's got his number. Okay. Uh, but Tua, Tango Valoa, and the uh, Miami Dolphins will go in as favorites, minus three, at the New England Patriots. Yeah, that was – I almost gave uh, smartest of the week to Goat Coach last week because it was one of those, like, you blinked and you missed it. They were down 16 to nothing to the Eagles off some terrible miscues right off the bat. And you're thinking, well, oh, man, here we go. Here here we go. Eagles are going to roll these guys up. And, well, they had to escape with a 25-20 game. The Patriots, for the last three quarters of that game, actually outplayed, uh, you know, outplayed the Eagles. And I think this is what happens. You actually give Mac Jones 
a real offensive coordinator instead of ass clown with the pencil in his ear and you give yeah. him, you know, and, and Kendrick Bourne looked like the real deal and Tua's never lost to Bill Belichick till now. I'm taking the Patriots wow. to win. Wow. Okay. Hard to pick against uh, Miami the way they looked. Uh, hard to pick against them knowing that New England's never figured out Tua and also hard to pick against Miami knowing now that they can uh, strategize and counter the counters. And I, I can't say how impressed I was by Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins uh, figuring out that the Chargers had the cheat codes and, and changing it up and, and obviously putting their players uh, where the Chargers didn't think they were going to be, uh, especially Tyree Kill, who continues to be uh, one of the biggest speed mismatches I think I've ever seen in, in all my years of watching football. When you put him in the right place, like he, he's uncomfortable. You can't do anything with the guy. Uh, getting when you get him out in open space. Um, yeah, uh, history suggests that the Patriots won't figure out Tua. They have not figured him out, not yet. And uh, I, I'm going to go with the Dolphins and give the three. Um, I don't think that's overreaction necessarily either. So I think I, the, the issue with the Dolphins and the issues of why I picked them not to uh, be as good as many people would think is not necessarily because I think they're bad or anything. It's just the Tua. You don't know how long he's going to be upright, so you got to uh, deal with that. Uh, well, I didn't know we were running so short on time. we got two Monday nighters, not one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Saints-Panthers uh, is the first one, New Orleans uh, and Carolina. Uh, minor injuries for Carolina, minor hamstring injuries. Uh, New Orleans is favored. They are minus three at the Panthers. Yeah, as, as in flux and long in the tooth as I think that the Saints are, that defense is still legitimate. I think they take advantage of uh, the rookie quarterback here. I'll take the Saints, give the three. Uh, I concur. The uh, Carolina pass rush has to rattle Derek Carr or else it'll be a long day, and I don't think they'll be able to quite get to him. I think Derek Carr looked uh, very impressive for his first uh, time in that system in, in New Orleans. He fit right in. Um, you know, he didn't blow their doors off or anything, but he, he did enough. Uh, so I'm going to concur and take the Saints. Um, and in the second game of the doubleheader, they're being played about the same time, folks. So it's not going to be one after the other. Right. Uh, but Brown Steelers uh, in AFC North action, Cleveland, one and zero. Pittsburgh zero and one, and losing players. Uh, Deontay Johnson got hurt. Um, Cam Hayward went on IR. Uh, so with that, Browns are the favorite minus two and a half at the Steelers. Giving the Steelers one more try, uh, one last chance. Mike Tomlin cannot let this team go down 0-2, uh, especially to those guys. Uh, otherwise, now the Browns could be 2-0. and Imagine that. Ugh. I'm just going, I'm just yeah. betting against that. Give me the Steelers as the home dogs. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. Cleveland defense uh, can stifle the Steelers, just like uh, Cleveland stifled Cincinnati. But, yeah, sometime, somehow, magically, Mike Tomlin will look to avoid 0-2. We both picked him to make the playoffs. We both picked him to make 9-8. and 8. Uh, that's, that's how it happens. It just, somehow, magically, they will find a way to win and avoid 0-2. More on our after show when we come back. You are now tuned into. Kings Oops, that's the intro, not the outro. Oh, I All thought right. you were going yeah, to have You know what you need is after show intro. <laughs> well, after show, you I are now in the after, after show. <laughs> <laughs> with 
Pete Ryder. Oh my God. <laughs> Don't give me any ideas. And Rusty right? LaRue. <laughs> oh, that's, that's the one. That's the guy. When I think about those post-Jordan Bulls, um, all of those histrionics of Ray Clades are, sound awesome when you're introducing Hall of Famers like Pippen and Jordan and Robin yeah. and all that. Uh, but when you're doing that as soon as Jordan retires and the lineups that you're running out there are, you know, Pete Myers and Rusty LaRue and guys, like, it's like, it just doesn't sound right at all. Like all of that, you know, yeah, doing all that. And the crowd yeah. reacted the way they're supposed to when you do that. Like they didn't cheer at all. It was like, really? We're still going through all that? Well, and for a whole year, you had to do it with calling them the world champion. Uh, <laughs> Chicago Bulls. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't look anything like the world champions. Their record didn't look anything like their world champions. No. Uh, but you, but you still did it, yeah. That's uh, man. <laughs> that, that's what happens when you go from the the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. I, I really wish I knew how much Jordan and and Pippen and those guys had in them uh, to make another run because I I know they felt like they were on fumes by the time that second three P was over. They probably could have won again the next year. Uh, I don't I don't know if they would have. Uh, come up short if they would have came back and tried to run it back one more time, but I think they were uh, just so done with each other, like personality-wise, it was just it, it wasn't going to happen. Well, yeah, and plus you think about the mileage that you're logging, basically being in the playoffs every year. How many extra games? You know, you're playing seasons right. worth of. I think about how many extra games LeBron has played. Yeah, you know, he's probably played yeah, two no, no full kidding. extra seasons. In playoff games, and that, that's why I'm amazed at the way that he keeps performing at his age with all that mileage on him, and he, he's yeah. just a freak. And going on 40 years old and playing like that, it's it's, it's crazy. So yeah, I've had a very long week um, doing these, these these college football games with that new gig that I, I was so happy to get it and so stressed out wondering if I was going to get it and now I got it. And now this is, this is what it sounds like. I'm sure my voice was low all night. I'm I, I had trouble getting the energy up, but, but I, I did, Plus, I did make it through. I made the picks. And, it's not so hard and, to tell because you're on the phone. So it's a little more muted and subdued anyways. You're not as crystal clear as you are when you're on uh, the computer. So um, that's okay. six. That's six. Am I counting that right? I'm just looking at, Oh, my list and looks like six, so not as crazy as last week's nine. Um, right, because we disagreed on Thursday, oh, so that was technically made it nine last week. Right, yeah, that was a lot. I'm so tired, I'm having trouble counting here. Uh, two, three, four, five. Yeah, that's right, six, six, okay. It's not that crazy. Think, uh, it's not too bad. So, and I think we both avoided uh, some of the uh, overreaction pitfalls on, on our pace. I was very proud of some of those that uh, we, we could definitely could have went the other way based on week one, but we but we chose not to. So that's good. Oh right, and, now, and, and the, that was really what I was when I was making the picks for this week. That's really what I was looking at. That I was trying to first. I was like. Man, because first I started making the picks, you know, preliminarily in my head, and I'm looking at them on my phone when I'm at work, and I'm like, man, I'm 
I'm so heavy on the favorites. And then when I actually sat down and made the picks, not consciously aware of that, it wasn't as crazy as I thought. I, I mean, I've obviously given some big numbers, um, you know, actually you're taking all the big numbers this week because you've got the Cowboys too. Um, I'm more on the favorites than you are. Yes, definitely. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're big numbers for a reason. Uh, so we'll see. Um, Yeah, it's not, like they're, at one, it's not two, like they're 14 or something like that. Four, five, six. I've got six dogs, and a lot of those games where I have the dogs are games that we disagree on. So, yeah, I'm going to say you're you're very heavy on the favorites this week. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm definitely heavy on the favorites, but it's not the favorites that I think are uh, based on last week. You know what I mean? Right, um, right. I think, I think it's the favorites that are supposed to be the big favorites, not necessarily yeah. based on week one. I mean, I'm interested. This is games I'm interested. Obviously, I'm in the Green Bay market, and Atlanta is my team, and so I get to watch that. So the team that I'm the closest to and the team that I, I actually root for both teams. I, I don't have anything against either one. But this is a good, you know, hey, they're both 1-0. and They're both actually early in the season, you know, have some hopes. I and it's such a style clash in that, you know, it's like, how's that going to look with the ground game? Um, I haven't really been able to watch much because Atlanta doesn't get a lot of exposure. You can just sit down and watch the whole game. I'm very curious to see how ugly this is with Desmond Ritter. Cause <laughs> I'm going to get to the point where I may only be a few weeks away from the, the Tyler, T- Tyler Heineken watch here because. Oh no. You can't be afraid as afraid of they were of Desmond Ritter and, and and all of these first round picks that they've expended for Drake London and Kyle. As much as I dragged the Bears for trading their first overall pick for a receiver they didn't use, it's no different than if you're Atlanta and you're just first round picks everywhere on this offense. With you know, and now you're doing it at receiver, running back, and tight end. And you don't trust the guy that you're paying to play quarterback to get these guys the ball. That's going to work. <laughs> There's going to come a point where you're going to need that guy to move the football. You're you're, you're not going to be able to pummel everybody into submission. Uh, so I'm a little uh, I'm a little worried because that last week, great opportunity for them against Carolina to, especially when they started to you know pull away a little. Hey, let's, let's, let's all right, let's let's. Let's move this thing. Let's air this out. And I mean, Ritter threw a couple of balls to Pitts where Pitts had to go and make, you know, acrobatic catches. But yeah, Drake London was a ghost. I think the only wide receiver who caught a pass was Mac Hollins. It, it, mm, mm. <laughs> and I know um, you're saying, oh, no, when I brought when, when I invoked the beer man. But we've mm-hmm. actually seen we, we know he'll throw the ball. Oh, yeah. You know, he, he actually utilized McClure. Whoever. And, and, yeah, he, he utilized it. Yeah, he'll throw it to somebody. Um, <laughs> it might not be his guys, but he will throw it to somebody. On, on either seat. Um, yeah, that's, and, that's who the you, Jets you need say, to go get. I figured it out. The Jets need to sign Fitzmagic. Oh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Bring in turnover Bernie Sanders. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were going to mention Beer Man and say this is no. great for him. No, no, no. Fitz Magic. He's perfect for them. I don't know if he'll go back. I don't know if 
all those moves that he makes, I don't think he ever goes back to the team he played for before. He, you know, he's a former Jet. Well, I don't know if he yeah, was. I mean, he's retired now, or is he out yeah. of the league? Yeah. Sometimes you don't know. Like, Matt Ryan hasn't officially retired, but he's out of the league, you know? He's sitting, he's sitting up in a booth broadcasting the game, so he's not playing. We know that much. Right, we know he's not playing, um, yeah, I but know. I don't think he's ever actually said like, "Hey, I'm done." He's he's not saying I won't answer yeah. the phone if it rings. Um, right, I, I don't I don't know if this magic is is Andrew Luck. I don't I don't know if he was just completely leaving the the, the sport. Yeah, apparently, um, did you see that the said that the Jets called Andrew Luck? I'm sure they did. I would too. They, you know, if there were people still probably there were still people calling Megatron and Barry Sanders. You know. Yeah, I was going to bring that years up. Years after Every they year hung it for, up. And that's, that's exactly right. Every for five, six, seven years after Barry Sanders retired, everyone was like, hey, yep. maybe, maybe he'll come back this year. Hey, give him a call. Uh, I, I get it. I understand. But, yeah, yeah. you say uh, the Falcons can't uh, tr- uh, use Desert Ritter the way they've been using him and not trust him. Oh, yeah, they can. That's the team that doesn't want to trust their quarterback. They want to run the football with their three and four no, I know. running backs. So they, I they, know. they, they don't trust the Raider, and they want to run the ball. Last week, they didn't have Cordero Patterson in the mix either. Right. Now they're, they're going to get, even more once they get they're gonna get him back, yeah. So you, you might have all three of those guys back there running some wishbone. And I learned not to trust uh, – them giving the ball to Kyle Pitts because I drafted him his rookie year thinking, oh, yeah, here we go. Oh, no, they, yeah. they, they don't want to throw it to him. No, I know. They, they don't throw it to him enough. If they get the results, I mean, if they win, and and it's why I think the reason, part of the reason we both picked them to win that division is because they're so different, you know, because there is nothing else like that. Yeah, once they get rolling, you, you can't stop that. Once they get running and uh, you know, playing the style that they want to play, it's kind of nothing you can do about it. Like they're all, they're all downhill. From, you know, whether it's Algier, or the kid B. John Robinson had the best uh, touchdown of the week because the juke moves that he was making and like, oh shit! Yeah, okay, he I caught he that does. that swing pass that he caught, and he had to have been ten yards from the goal line, and this is whoop! I mean, just yeah, I mean, just <laughs> three or four dudes just to the side. Yeah, he's out there over. doing the time warp, man. It's just a jump to the left. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah, very impressive. Uh, yeah. You see why he's a, the, he got picked as high as he did. Yeah. There you go. I'll start calling, I'll start calling him the, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I just gave you a little <laughs> little time warp there. Yeah. Uh, do you have any uh, DFS uh, advice this early uh, before the weekend comes? Load up a Jared Goff at the Lions. <laughs> I no, mean, I love, based I, off of last year. I love, yeah. Uh, yeah, I love, I love Lion stacks on Sunday. I, 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 I didn't lock them up, but I love me some Bills uh, stacks on on Sunday too, um, for sure. And if you want a sleeper stack for DFS, I like Giants stacks on Sunday. Oh. I I could see uh, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and then pick. I like a Hodgins. He's my guy. I liked him last year. Um, I think he's their best receiver. Um, I could eat, and they're good, and they're cheap except for Barkley. 
you can get Jones pretty cheap. You get Hodgins pretty So you can make a nice lineup, I think, with uh, Hodgins, Barkley, and Daniel Jones. Okay. I know Joe Burrow and all those guys are going to be really popular this week, but uh, I don't know. I think they're going to win, and I think they're going to cover. I don't know if they're going to light up the world yet. Yeah, I guess it depends on your stomach for that. If you can uh, take a guy who threw for 80 whatever yards and, and his receivers yeah. didn't do anything. And, uh, if you want to take him to bounce back immediately the next week, if you got that kind of faith, go ahead. But I, I would definitely be cautious there. Yeah. I had twenty. I had twenty dollars in lineups. I had twenty-one dollar lineups on Thursday night for Vikings and Eagles uh, to net me twenty-two dollars. <laughs> yeah, well, better than losing. I did. I the one I lost the most on was Monday night because I had twenty dollars in lineups and I only won thirteen. Because once Rogers got hurt, the whole bottom yeah, everybody's bottom sure half lost, dropped yeah. out, and I just did not get enough right. out of the top half. Um, the the closest I ever was was winning 19, um, so it'd have been a down a buck. But then uh, once the Jets got that punt return, it, it, so as the better the Bills did, I noticed my my money was going up. You know, so sure. um, I would have won a pretty reasonable size chunk last night if Cousins would have thrown that last touchdown to um, Jefferson instead of KJ Osborne. Because uh, he threw two to Addison and two to Osborne. Or no, one to Hawkinson, two to Osborne, one to Addison. But uh, Jefferson put up all the yards, but he did not get – he got the 150 he yards. Score. He got a ton of head, but he didn't get in the end zone. And that was that was mm-hmm. actually pretty huge. Um, oh, I did see the highlight of he should have scored, but he fumbled it out of bounds, right? Our favorite rule. <laughs> well, don't worry. We have a week two show recap that we get to do. Don't worry. Yes, I know you love that rule. Anytime that creep. Yeah, I did not go into the ref shenanigans. I clearly was going to reference the the empty hand rule that totally ended up screwing the Titans because that goes from sack, fumble, return for a touchdown. Yep. Right? To then, okay, sack, fumble, well, we blew the whistle, so it's going to be where he recovered it, which was way down the field. Mm -hmm. And then you see the replays, empty hand the whole time. He actually punched the ball, peanut punched it down the field. Everybody sees this except for the replay official, apparently. So that goes all the way from Titans defensive touchdown to Titans fumble recovery to now it's just an incomplete pass where the ball was never in his hand when he went to throw it. What a what a joke that one. That that sequence. And that was the ball game, right? Sorry for Tennessee. That was the ball game. No, it was. I, I, there's no explanation for why they call that an, an incomplete pass when the ball is clearly out of his hand. And then he punches uh, it forward. Forward. it doesn't even doesn't slap it even like it rolls off of his fingers. It's like his fist is basically like punching the ball um, mm-hmm. forward. And I know there were people uh, really dragging uh, Mike Vrabel for uh, kicking the field goal at that three, four minute mark. Yeah. And instead of, hey, you know what? I'm glad he did because that got me a cover. So thank you, Mike <laughs> Vrabel. You are not stupid, Mike Vrabel, because he kicks it there only uh-huh. down one and then they never get the ball back. Right. But you don't know ah. that's going to happen. You you don't know you're never going to get the ball. So you probably, did you have to watch that one? That was your game, right? 
I did. Um, but what I think it was, but it was so boring. I, I think I had nodded off at that point at the yeah. end. I, and, I, and, I remember seeing the empty hand thing, but I, I don't remember the, uh, the end sequence necessarily. All I remember seeing is that game, every time Red Zone cut to that game, was Ryan Tannehill bailing out for his life. Doing, doing something stupid with the football. No, yeah. basically just the rush, the, the Saints rush on yeah, him. The like the Tennessee yeah. offensive line was horrific, horrific in that game, and they have been for a while. Which is that just is more of a testament to how good Derrick Henry really is that he gets the numbers he gets with that offensive line. Because when you run into him, you get steamroll. He had another one of those stiff arms. You bitch. You get close to him, he just kind of throws you into a new realm. If you look up, you go, "Where am I? What happened?" <laughs> oh yeah, he um, does what Marshawn Lynch does and uh-huh. pushes Terry <laughs> Porter a week into the future. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, I, I don't remember every detail of that game, but yeah, I, I had to watch that because I had no other options. Uh, I'm ah. with uh, Comcast's Xfinity, which is having a dispute with Fox, so I have no Fox at oh, all. I my first experience with with NFL Plus was fantastic, so I mm-hmm. I was extremely happy because, um, like I said, I'm paying I paid them eighty bucks for the whole season. I get all the red zone, all the replays, all the highlights. I'm, I'm doing a plug right now, um, <laughs> yeah. and then all the prime this time. Is not a paid endorsement. Not no, we are not being paid by NFL, which we were. We'll we'll take it, but. Yeah, no, it was it, it is it's nice, and then I can go back and I can do the condensed game and, or the the six minute highlight package. So I actually went back and watched a few of the six minute ones because the the afternoon slate I was mostly watching Bears Packers, so I didn't get the exposure to you know Dolphins Chargers and Saints not Saints uh, Seahawks Rams like I would have if I was watching normal red zone. Mm-hmm. So I actually just sat down and watched those highlight packages. And then, yeah, I watched that highlight package of Dolphins Chargers and was like, that's it. That's my best of the week because, <laughs> damn, uh, Tua yeah. was the man. I was Tyreek. Tyreek Hill, too. Uh, hard to take it away from him. Unguardable. Yeah. Can't, can't stick him at all. And, you know, yeah, I mean – it's him. It's 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 him and Jefferson and you know Chase. It's a really short list of the best receivers in football, and, and you know Tyree kills on it. Yes, no, no doubt about it. Never always always has been. Um, as you remember, my big issue with the with the Chiefs was I didn't think they used them enough. I think they had such a right. sweet advantage and just didn't just choose chose not to use it, trying to be a little too cute and, and do you know a bunch of different formations and. Yeah. Variations and whatnot. Just put that guy on the uh, whatever mark you want to put him on and say go. Just gonna I mean, they were, the go and, and just... they were completely shitting the bed against the Niners in that Super Bowl until Tyreek Hill got free. So they figured out, that, hey, we have more speed than they do. We should use it. <laughs> well, hey, Patrick Mahomes, just throw it somewhere down the field. Tyreek Hill's going to go get it. And that's exactly what they did. Sometimes it really is that easy. Oh, sorry. No, we're uh, we're both winding down for sure. Yeah, why not? yeah, and I got uh, I'm not working tomorrow, but my son and I are headed to Green Bay in the morning, so I got to be up at like six o'clock. So 
Yeah. Well, I am working, and then I'm going to Jonesboro and working at football games. Yeah, so you got a long day, too. But, hey, we saved ourselves from having to get up and do this on Sunday morning, which is good. Um, Yeah. And if, yeah, I don't know if I'm changing any of my picks. I don't know if there's anything injury-wise that would sway me at this point. I think we kind of have that pretty good picture right now of who's playing and who's not playing. And then uh, next week, I'm guessing, is another Friday. Do you have another Saturday night game next week? I, I am going back to Jonesboro next Saturday, but is it, uh, next week is the one that you told me you can't do Sunday, right? Correct. So next week will definitely be Friday then. Because, yeah, so um, Sunday, I, will, I won't even be around on Sunday. I'm going to be gone all day. <laughs> so I won't yeah. even be home. So no show for uh, me next week on Sunday. Um, and then I'm good for a couple of weeks in October until I head your way. That's right. Well, that 21st is actually uh, – next week is going to be my last Jonesboro game because they're not back home until the 21st uh, of October. But ah. that's the day I already told them I'm not available. I can't do that game. So right. I don't know who they they're going to get other, to they, Yeah. I don't. They don't have anyone else to do Arkansas State. Me and the other Memphis guy have done all the Arkansas State games. Wow! So they don't have anyone for Arkansas State. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do, but it won't be me. That's right, because we're going to be eating some ribs. Right. <laughs> That's what's really important. All right. But uh, you have anything else? I think we're done here. No, I'm good. Six games that we disagree on. Hopefully I can win four of those <laughs> and just 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 start trying not, to not move away a little bit here. And hopefully I'm I can just win and get back. I, I'm not used to this starting with a lead. Yeah, you're you're way out. You're you're way out in front. You gotta make me do all the work right off the bat from week one. Make up in that terrible week one. So it's only three hopefully games. I can get things done. It felt like I felt like I lost them all. Like I said, those five, oh, yeah. I probably could have lost about three of them. I got lucky to get to five. That, I've never felt so good about eight and eight. <laughs> uh, so that's where we stand after week one. And that was your overreaction Sunday pick for, for week two that we did on a Friday night. Um, and you got the whole weekend to uh, parse that and figure it out. Although I'm probably not putting the picks up. Until well, you know what? I should just put the damn picks up now because I ain't gonna have time tomorrow. I'm not gonna be around at all uh, from five in the morning tomorrow to midnight. Yeah, that sounds so. like a pretty wild day. So yeah, and last week, last Saturday was pretty wild too. The parking right. out there, by the way, again, parking crazy. I don't know why it's so hard to get good parking at these football games. They wouldn't let me park close to the stadium at, at Arkansas State because they said that parking was for donors only. And it's like, oh. come on, man. We got all this empty space. So that, that's my biggest complaint so far of doing these football games. It's just let me park. I'll pay whatever well, when you they want. say that, slip them a 20 park. and go, is this what you mean? I'm a donor Donation. now, right? I'm a donor. Huh? Yeah. Donation. Yeah, I probably should have done something like that, yeah. <sighs> all right. Uh, so thank you for hanging in there with me tonight and doing the Friday show. And we'll be back uh, next Friday, same time, same place. 
Uh, hopefully not the same place for me. Hopefully I won't be over here at uh, my wife's uncle's. Hopefully I'll be back at home. Uh, we'll see how that works out. So uh, everyone enjoy your week two of Overreaction Sunday, uh, and we will be back next Friday for the big football party to recap week two and get you ready for week three in the NFL. He's Jay. I'm Dre. This has been In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Thank you all for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed it despite my low voice quality and sleepiness, I'm sure. Um, And we will be back next Friday night. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes. Only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.